This is the MLW Radio Network. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, Blackheart, the head honcho off the Top Roast Podcast. If you love independent and professional wrestling and like all the juicy gossip of the wrestling industry, then look no further than here, OTTR Headquarters. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitch, and Facebook groups, and whatever that you get your podcast from with our, with our latest Last Week of Wrestling, After Darts, Under Boss's Hard Taste, and now our new upcoming trivia game show, Wrestling Every, coming soon. So if you like what you've seen, you love professional wrestling, you love independent wrestling, you love everything about wrestling just yourself, give us a tune. You know, you would not regret it. Blackheart out. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Are you tired of prediction shows? Do you want to fantasy book the companies? Does Bigfoot even really exist? If you answered yes to any of those questions, then check out the podcast that isn't a podcast. Every Tuesday and Thursday, the standing streamer stands and delivers as he and Vanessa talk about all that's going on in pro wrestling today. Plus, see in-depth conversations with people in and around the wrestling world as guests share their stories and insights about making it in the business. The Putting You Over Podcast. Putting your weeknights over every Tuesday and Thursday. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night. My name is Thomas and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah, yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we shared a room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we so go we... way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do. We do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books. We're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also, check us out on Twitter at the Broadcast. That's B R O. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Ending. Yeah, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C, we spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Two Heels and a Face Wrestling Podcast believes wrestling is a buffet. There's something there for everyone. These guys cover local Chicago indie scene, and all of their episodes can be found at twoheelsandaface.com. The number two heelsandaface.com Hey everyone, my name is referee Tony S and this is Heat, the wrestling podcast. Like you first and foremost, I'm a wrestling fan and for nearly two decades I've maintained law and order inside the squared circle in New England and throughout the country, working with some of the best and brightest from wrestling's past, present, and future. Now, I bring my authoritative tell-it-like-it-is style to the podcast world. Join me each week as we go through all the major headlines from the global companies, independents, and in-between. 
and most importantly, the women will receive the coverage and headlines they truly deserve as they'll empower the second half of the show. Plus, I'll introduce you to my friends and colleagues within all forms of wrestling and entertainment, answer your questions, anything goes, no holds, well, questions barred, and throw in some fun surprises along the way. Get ready for the spark that fuels the flame. Listen on Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to another episode of the Front Row Material Brand. My name is Mike Freeland. So glad you're joining us. I'll soon be joined by my broadcast partner. He is the butt. But before we get there, we want to thank everybody for listening to the podcast. Once again, we've had another tremendous month of downloads. Thank you so very much. Remember, if you have a wrestling fan or a friend or anyone who just enjoys fun podcasts to listen to to take a little bit of edge off of your day, maybe you're on a train ride home or you're stuck in traffic or maybe you're at the gym, go ahead and let people know that we are around. You can find the Front Row Material Podcast brand anywhere fine podcasts are made available. That's a FM Stitcher, FM Radio Stitchies. I'm a mess. FM Radio Stitcher. Apple iTunes, Podcast Addict, you name it, we are out there. You can definitely go ahead and find us. And once again, we're absolutely free. So all you got to do is download it. You can hit that subscribe button as well. And if you're on iTunes, you can uh, hit the comment button as well. Leave us a message in iTunes review. We would always appreciate that. So with that being said, let me go ahead and bring him in. He's my good buddy from the north, from Canada. He is the one and only Christopher Butt. Buttster, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, Mike. How are you? I'm good. I, you know what? It's funny. I can't believe how quickly Tuesday nights come up. Like, it's it's like we just recorded. We just did an episode. And now all of a sudden, you know, your week goes by like a blur. You have the weekend. You try to get stuff done. And all I do is keep thinking about, all right, Tuesday night, we're going to get right back at it. We had a big weekend of things happening in wrestling. We're going to talk about that. Obviously, the Royal Rumble was a big thing. Uh, we're also going to be talking about Jay Briscoe and his memorial service that they had. And that was uh, at the local high school in their area. And we're going to talk about MJF as well. Is his championship reign really living up to what everyone had hoped? Maybe, maybe for you it has. Maybe it's worked out pretty well. Maybe for some of you, you wish maybe things would have gone a little differently. We're also going to be talking about Cody Rhodes. He obviously won the Men's Royal Rumble. Rhea Ripley won the Women's Royal Rumble. Is Cody really the guy? We're going to talk about that. We're going to debate the topic of whether we think Cody is the one to go forward to dethrone Roman Reigns, and we cannot forget the incredible scene that we saw that was at the Royal Rumble with Sami Zayn. Uh, probably one of the most interesting moments in wrestling. The pop was huge. What does WWE do with Sami? We're going to talk about that as well, and I'm sure we're going to go off in many different tangents, but right now, let's go ahead and let's kind of jump into things right now. So, Butster, uh, the Royal Rumble, you went ahead and sent me uh, a text message, and you checked out the event. So, what was your overall take on this year's Royal Rumble? I thought it was a very good show. Um, yeah, can't say nothing negative about it, to be quite honest with you. A couple of head scratchers, but overall, it was very good. I, I was enjoyed it. You know, start to finish, with the exception of one match, made my head hurt. Were you surprised they started the the pay per view off with uh, the men's Royal Rumble? I, I that kind of surprised me in a way. It, it definitely surprised me, but I also liked it too. You started off with something like that, you got instant attention. People are drawn in right off the hop. Perfect. You know, it's not rocket science. It gets done in events all the time. 
Surely you don't start with something quite that huge. Right? But no, it was good. Right? The the whole thing was good. Uh, um, Gunther, Walter. Man. You know, I mean, we've had this discussion. I've had this discussion with everybody. I still don't get the whole Gunther thing, but he looked like a million bucks in the, yes. in the event. No, he, he looked great. Did a great job. Uh, the winner, uh, even Stevie Wonder could have seen that coming. True. Right? I mean, that was a no-brainer. You knew it was going to happen. Right? I'm not disappointed. I'm far from disappointed with it. Right? So I enjoyed that. And yeah, why not? The only the only knock I have on all the Royal Rumbles, stop pointing at the flag with the WrestleMania flag. Just stop that. It's a I don't tacky. know. It's, a it's just hokey and meh. Been there, done that, played out, carry on. I, I just don't get it. But no, I'll tell you that, gonna... the, the event was fantastic. I didn't quite get the Mountain Dew dark match, whatever that was called. The, it was, the, the it was blackout neat. match. It was kind of interesting, but it didn't do much for me. Honestly, the, the visual part of the, the glow-in-the-dark face paint and whatnot was cool. And the um, uh, LA Knight's trunks glowing and stuff. That was kind of neat. Uh, wasn't my cup of tea. I'm not saying it wasn't good. Just for me, it wasn't wasn't my thing. We're definitely going to be talking about the uh, the Mountain Dew blackout match because... I think a lot of people really weren't sure what a blackout match was. And I'm going to be honest with you. I was thinking the model Rick Martel and Jake Roberts, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be match. something. Yes. I thought it was going to be when they say blackout would have been no, nobody can see anything type of match. However, that definitely wasn't the case. And it really wasn't completely black in the arena. Obviously for obvious reasons, uh, people obviously need to see where they're going. There's, hazards and, and fire code and all that kind of stuff but it was just a little bit different and it was to push a, a soft drink so I'm, I'm sure they got plenty of money to go ahead and put on a match that was sponsored by uh, a big company like mountain dew um we're also going to talk about the women's championship match as well we'll talk about the women's world rumble as well and then finally the segment that really captivated so many wrestling fans what happened uh, when the bloodline actually ended up destroying Kevin Owens. And then there was an expectation that Sammy was going to get involved. And we found out that maybe Sammy is not exactly as loyal to the bloodline as he is maybe with his good friend, Kevin Owens. So good. That was so good. My it was God. really freaking great. I mean, that was, that was really like you felt the emotion on that one. It was just really well done. And I loved it. And I thought, you know, and I had been like, oh man, they're, they're dragging this thing on for forever and a day. But now that we have the, the big payoff here, um, I'm happy. And I think this is going to do good stuff for Sammy. We'll talk about what we think it'll do for Sammy. And then unfortunately the political side of it, which might not necessarily work out in Sammy's favor, but we'll, we'll get to all that. Um, let's first start off with the Royal Rumble itself. The pay-per-view starts out with the Royal Rumble and Gunther, uh, formerly known as Walter, comes out first, followed by Sheamus and The Miz. Um, it started out very, very interesting. I don't feel like it started out Fast and Furious right out of the go, 
right out of the get-go. But I think it started to build itself up, and I think it really turned into a very interesting Royal Rumble. Um, I really, really was excited to see certain people in the Royal Rumble. Was there anybody in particular that you were looking forward to as far as seeing how long they would last in the Rumble? I'm excited to see Otis. Good old Otis. You know, that's what I was going to be excited to see. Heck yeah. Yeah. Uh, Good old no, Otis. I, and I was. I, I think he's hilarious. I think he's enter, pure entertainment. I enjoy watching him. Um, I guess the Brock coming back was, was pretty cool. You, you had a strong feeling he wasn't going to go over. But you, they weren't going to make him look terrible. Um, no. No, Cody coming back. We all seen it coming. But it was still fantastic. Um. I enjoyed uh, Seamus and Drew, the gimmick they had yes. going with the two of them, and then they'd kind of hide out together and as much as you can hide when you're two dudes that big. I know. But I enjoyed that part of it. Um, Ricochet looked good. Ricochet Him and looked um, uh, what's, the, what's the blonde guy's name? Logan Paul. Logan Paul, yes. That mid-air collision. Oh, my Lord. They put a lick on each other, something awful. They like, definitely they landed. They look, that looked great. Uh, Braun looked very good. And, and he's sometimes he's a little questionable. Yeah, but he looked great. He, he looked did. great. In, overall, I I enjoyed that match. I, I thought it was an hour and eight minutes or an hour and 12 minutes or something like that. They, they kept it moving. But it was good. It was. There wasn't a lot of dead time in it. No, it was that match rolled, and I, I enjoyed watching. I'd watch it again. I, actually, I probably will. And I don't watch events twice too often. I'll probably watch that again. I thought it was interesting. Where I think a lot of people, when it comes to Royal Rumbles, are always they have this expectation of oh, there's going to be some surprises in the Royal Rumble, and, and yeah, sometimes we do get surprises. Sometimes we get legends that come back. But let's be honest, right now we're kind of in that that area where those legends really aren't able to go anymore. Um, I mean, I, there's not a whole lot of people that I feel I like could still get in the ring from a legend's perspective. I mean, Stone Cold Steve Austin obviously could. The Rock obviously could. Um, and Mick Foley absolutely would not be able to get in there anymore. Obviously, Hogan could not get in there anymore. Um, so it kind of makes you wonder, who would you necessarily bring back in a legend's or Hall of Famer capacity Goldberg could go back, but I wonder if there is any interest in Goldberg still. Was there anybody you were hoping would have shown up as a surprise entrant? I was I was torn on The Rock. I was kind of hoping he would, but at the same time, I didn't want him to come back and win because, you know, there's not a real future to that if he comes back it's going to be very short term absolutely uh full-on hot shot booking is going to get you a couple months and at best and then he's going to go on which is fine been done for years it's, it works so i was i was very torn on down like i hope he comes back just because I mean, like most people i think the rock's very good he's very entertaining but i just didn't want him to come back when and then two months later, he's gone, and there's not really any story because you're not going to get him Monday nights or Friday nights for stuff like that. So that would have been my take on it. Um, 
Now I'm thinking about you know who I'd like to see come back and do one? Who's that? The Hurricane. Ah. I just think that could be something fun. He definitely could go. I mean, he's right? in phenomenal shape. Uh, something like that could be good. No, I enjoy watching that. What about like um like a crowbar who we definitely know? Oh that oh, I'd love it. Oh I that'd be so good. That could work really well. Because I mean, he can still wrestle. He can he, still I mean, go at a high level. Done. Yes. Right? He's still very active, still in great shape. Right? That'd be good. Um somebody a little bit different just popped into my head now. What about um the road dog? I don't know. Did did you? Did I don't you know see... if he can still go, but still for nostalgia. No, in for a couple minutes. I don't know. Well, the the funny thing you mentioned about that is, did you catch Raw Thirty? No, I don't get that for two more weeks. Oh, that's right. Okay, so so if you go into YouTube and you you check out Raw Thirty in the highlights, so DX had yet another reunion. Mm-hmm. And so it was Road Dog, and it was Shawn Michaels, it was Triple H, and Kurt Angle. So what? Kurt Angle was just hanging out with DX, uh, <laughs> and you could you could just tell, like, eh. I, they are legends, they are Hall of Famers, no doubt about that. I mean, and they definitely had their time, but you can tell just by looking like they've all kind of accepted the fact that they're not making one-off in-ring spot moments i mean even uh x-pac uh sean waltman had made a comment on social media that he appreciated the fact that everybody wanted to see him but he was like yeah i am not able or in ring shape right now to go which i mean he's honest uh he still keeps himself typically in really great shape but he just also mentioned, yeah, probably not a not a great idea to go again. What about Al Snow? I don't see a problem with that. I think Al Snow could come out. I think that would be cool. Um, here's here's one. What about Diamond Dallas Page? Once again, if it's just for a few minutes, do you think he would? I mean, he keeps himself in great shape. You know, with the yoga. He's in good shape still. Yeah. You know, why not? For something like that, like you're not going to have him come in and go 30 minutes. No, absolutely not. Right, there are very few legends you're gonna bring back that's gonna that are really gonna put on tear it up like that. But have them come back for five, six minutes, maybe put somebody out, you know, actually put on a, a little bit of a show, but you're not gonna have it revolve around him. You know, for one, it's the the nostalgia to it. But have him come back, he puts somebody out and then he gets put out. I can't see why not something like that. Hardcore Holly, he's still wrestling. Right, last time I seen he was like something cut out of granite. Yeah, I haven't still. seen him in a while, so I'll I'll take your word on that. I haven't seen him, but he was at GCW. Well, it was maybe a year ago. Okay, a year and a bit ago. Jesus, he looked he looked bigger than before. He looked he looked like he was in good shape. The Godfather. No, I like the Godfather. That's no, maybe I'm, that's, I'm with maybe you. that's I, more of a bias than I enjoy him. Yeah. Um, um, God, Who I'm, else can I think of? I mean, I said Goldberg before. That could be something. John Cena could have been something else. But 
I don't know if you want to put somebody like Cena out there when you know for a fact that most likely, I mean, do they want to come out just to be tossed out? You know what I mean? I feel like there's certain names that really want to be, if they're going to be involved, it has to be worthwhile. You're not going to, generally, you're not going to bring back your, your top shelf legends. Generally speaking. Right. Right, because what's going to be your payoff on it? You're bringing back, you're going to get a big pop. But generally, when you're bringing back a legend, it's a surprise. So it's not like you're going to get extra fans watching. The place is already going to be sold out. It's not going to get any any more uh, buys online. Right. Unless the rumor comes out that, hey, so-and-so is going to be coming back. So you're you're going to bring in your your mid carders realistically, and that's not to speak dispar- disparaging of them, but it's generally going to be your mid carders, upper mid carders, right? That that's who it's going to be. Once they'll come in, you're going to remember them. They were popular. You enjoyed them, but you know they're not going to win. Had you heard the rumors about um, the boogeyman potentially wanting to come back to WWE? They've been saying that for years. I know, I know. But Boogeyman, I definitely still think he could go. And here's the other thing I'm going to tell you. When you do watch Raw 30, um, The Undertaker brought back the dead man, the uh, uh, motorcycle gimmick. Yep. And he was in a segment with Bray Wyatt. So he looked pretty good. So but once again, like you said, you're not going to bring back your top shelf guys for the simple fact that they're not just going to want to be a part of something and then get thrown out. So you're going to have to be pretty selective, especially like you said with your 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 mid card guys. So I'm wondering, you know who I always was surprised that never made an appearance in WWE, even a one off, Abyss. Isn't he a trainer? Or he he's, was. He's a producer. Producer, yeah. He's a WWE producer. But you know what I mean, though. If you're if you're Abyss, like, and I get it, like, and I've seen him wrestle uh, in person, and I've actually had a chance to go out to dinner with him. Super sweet guy. Um, not even a one off. You know what I mean? Like, so you can say you know you were at a part of a WWE event or whatever. But, but- he was never in WWE. How how would they how would they make that work? Um. I'm sure wrestling fans in general, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I mean, does most WWE fans just live in the WWE bubble? No, no, I don't think that's the case, but you're not going to get your newer fans. When's the last time Chris Parks wrestled? A very long time. He he was in some segments with AJ Styles on SmackDown, but last time he wrestled, I could not tell you. But when he was in the segments with AJ Styles, he wasn't Abyss. Correct. Was he was Joseph Parks. Sorry, Joseph Parks, not Chris Parks. Sorry, I apologize there. Yeah, Chris but, Parks is his real name, but Joseph Parks is his character. So, really, so you bring him back. A lot of people, because he, he probably hasn't wrestled in 10 years. I would say that's pretty safe to say. So your, your newer people are not going to know him. Right. Your newer fans. So it'd be a moot point. I don't... Not now. The, the That ship has sailed. If they had brought him in no, three or four years ago, sure, because you know, because people remember he had some good matches in TNA, some God, violent matches in TNA. He was insane in right? TNA. But the thing was, he's not just a a, a death match 
heck, he can wrestle too. He can wrestle as well. I agree. And he's a big man, moves well for a big man, right? He can do your hardcore stuff, but he could actually wrestle. I mean, yeah. he's no technical whiz or nothing, but he can put off a solid match. I agree. Right? So, I mean, yes, if it was, you know, five years ago, six years ago, stuff like that, I could see it making sense. Too late now. Way too late. So along with The Undertaker, some other people I thought maybe Curtis Axel could have came back in. I thought that might be interesting. Yeah. Maybe from somebody from the Spirit Squad. Maybe Batista. Um, obviously, Randy Orton very well may be done in his career. Um, yeah, he won't be back. So I don't foresee that happening. But yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting to know what, what could have happened, who could have shown. Um, but Booker T did show up and was in the Royal Rumble, which I thought was interesting. Now, it wasn't super long. But he was in the Royal Rumble, and I guess that was that was our our token surprise legend, which was fine. Um, Bring back Duke the Dumpster. You, are were you big on the gimmick era? It sounds like you were really big on the gimmick era. Uh, not really. I, I liked him though. I don't know why. I mean, the I, trash I, man. Yeah, when was he around? I don't know. I was a young fella. Uh, like, I, I was... just remember him was like. He, it's kind of cool. He was around. I want to say Duke the Dunk Pedrosi was around in 95, 96. Let me, uh, no, let me see before that. I don't know. I'm looking it up right now. Okay. Duke the Dunk Pedrosi. When was his time in WWE? Let's see here. Um, Let's see here. Michael David Drosy is an American retired professional wrestler and special education teacher. Oh, that's cool. He's best known for his appearances in the World Wrestling Federation between 1994 and 1996. So he was there for well, a span of two years. 94 to 96. You know, somebody What about Haku? I mean, Haku is a bad dude, but I think even he is getting a little up there. But he's still uh, the, wrestling, I think. The the Godwins probably wouldn't work as well uh, either. Um, well, Henry had neck issues, wasn't it? Or back issues? He definitely had some issues. I'm not really sure which one of it was, but yeah, he had some issues. And Phineas, he's a chef now somewhere. He is. He's wildly successful. Yeah, so I doubt he... Well, you never know, though. Why not? For a one-off thing? Can't hurt. Come back as um, Midian. Would he be naked with just the fanny pack? I hope not. Be interesting. That's my opinion. Let's let's not do that, please. Um, you know, here's a guy that I feel like would be interesting. I know we're going off on a tangent. I warned you. <laughs> Shocking. Um, but a guy that I thought was interesting. Interesting in the simple fact that it was just so weird was Mantar. You remember Mantar? Vaguely. Okay, so he was in the WWF in 1993. So he was in there. Um, his name is Mike Halleck. He was born May 14th, 1968. So he's 54. Nowadays, 54 is still not out of the realm of still performing. Um, do you remember what he looked like? Well, I remember the, the Jesus big helmet. Well, he had that big uh, bull bison head. Yeah, look him up um, as you're doing yes. that. So here is how this came to be. 
Um, World Wrestling Federation 1996. In April of 96, Halleck returned to the WWF in his role of Goldust's unnamed bodyguard. He appeared with Goldust at the In Your House 7 in his corner against the Ultimate Warrior. Goldust eventually lost. Halleck attacked Ultimate Warrior, but was overpowered by a body slam. And then in 1997, Halleck then worked for the United States Wrestling Association as Tank, a masked member of the Truth Commission. He won the USWA Unified World Heavyweight Championship uh, on March 15th of 1997. And uh, yeah, he was originally in WWE 1995-1996, even before that as well, a little stint here and there. So, and he was in WCW as well on Nitro. And he was, um, gosh, I don't even remember him being in WCW. So I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah, I don't know. But I mean, he had a match at Joey Janela's Spring Break. Did, um, we're talking about Mantar? April 6th. Yeah. Wow. As April Mantar? 6th of 2019, no. Uh, okay. I don't think so. Okay. Um, I'm flipping through here. Okay. He's a cousin with PN News. What are the odds? Uh, I'm just flipping through. No, he was Mantar for Joey Janela's uh, Spring Break 3 Part 2 in the Clusterfuck Battle Royal. (laughs) That's what it was called? Yep. That is fantastic. I want to see if I can find a picture of this Joey Janela Spring Break as Mantar. Um, is there a picture of this guy somewhere? Damn. Um, he was a fairly large man. He was That's a big... Who I was thinking about, though. You weren't thinking about the guy who had the, the big bison head attached well, to his... I was thinking about that, the, the big bison head, but it's not the person I was thinking about. Who were you thinking about? Oh, was it Br- Bacchus? Brackus? Oh, Bar- you mean the guy that was ripped? Yeah, that's who I was thinking about. Yeah, he was jack. He was fucking jacked to the gills. Yeah, he was a big, big, big dude. Yes, Baracus. Yeah, that's who I was thinking about. No, I had the the big bison head. Just had it on a different person. That sounded weird. <laughs> but what doesn't on this show? Yeah, for um. Let me see here. Let me let me look up. You just now threw me into uh, PN News. See, one thing leads to another. We're going down a rabbit hole here. As Mikey yeah. says, he woke up in the middle of the night and was thinking about Iron Mike Sharp, and he had to go down the rabbit hole. Uh, but Paul New, who was known as PN News, was born on July the 9th, 1966. He is an American retired professional wrestler, most famously known for his PN News stint in Extreme Championship Wrestling, and in World Championship Wrestling. Um, I'd love to know what's going on with PN News. love to maybe get an in, a, uh, interview at some point with PN, find out what's going on. That'd be awesome. It would be. He was in a scaffold match at one point in WCW, which I thought was interesting. I would never get into a scaffold match. I'll sure as shit tell you that right now. No friggin' way. Yeah, I don't do heights. Not my no. cup of tea. No. So talking about the Royal Rumble, obviously no big surprises. I mean, obviously some of the people we threw out there, that might be kind of fun. Um, Obviously, you know that Cody Rhodes was the eventual winner 
I think that was no real surprise to a lot of people. But you had mentioned earlier that you're happy with it. But once again, it was no surprise. So there really wasn't that big intrigue of who could win. Am I right? No, I think anybody's seen that coming. Um, to backpedal, if I may, one thing to bring up. What do you think of Kofi's little botch there? Have you seen the show? I, I have I seen the before show. Before I speak too much. Yes. That was a bit disappointing. I was hoping he'd pull that off. And I'm not speaking ill of Kofi. He's amazing. But I, I look forward to that. Because I'm like, oh, you know, he's going to land on the chair and not be eliminated. And and you could tell that it was a botch because, well, he wiped that on a chair. But even the commentators like, oh, well, I think only one of his feet touched. And they were, they were trying to make it to where he could stay in it. That was a, I won't say a low point. No, that that's a, that's not what I mean. But it was. Just it just didn't live up a to the little disappointing. We're like, oh yeah. come on, like he's, you you expect him to pull off something like that at this point. Yes, I agree. Like, that might be unfair to him, but you do expect it now. Well, I mean, he set a precedent. I mean, once yeah. you set the precedent of this is what I do at the Royal Rumble, I yeah. usually potentially almost get eliminated, and then I. Spider-Man myself onto something and try to find a way to get back in the ring. So no, I, yeah. I think it was it's become one of his shticks, like one yeah. of his things he does. But yeah, it didn't didn't quite work out this time. Cool. Um, but yeah, Cody winning, not a big surprise. I feel like in wrestling, there's not many times as a fan that we get surprised anymore. Does that make sense? Like we always kind of know. Like when I watch AEW, I pretty much know who's gonna win. Like and I'm not saying that in a disparaging way. I'm just saying, like, okay, I know what's going to happen for the most part. Um, WWE, probably the same way as well. Has wrestling, in your opinion, become more predictable over the years? Or is it just because we've become so indoctrinated with the way wrestling works that we can see it more so than the average person who watches? Yes. Yes and yes. Um, you know, uh... You're especially yourself. I mean, you're quite the, the wrestling guru. So, and at a certain point, you can't do more, right? There's there's a ceiling. Yeah, very much so. Right? It's, I mean, what really, how many different storylines can you run that haven't already been run? You know, it's not saying it's a bad thing. It's just the reality is you're running out of stuff. You do. Right, so then, and things just get predictable because, especially if if you understand the sport, you know, okay, because it's you no know, good guy versus bad guy, you no know, face versus heel. Howard, like you, you can generally get back. All right, so and so is wrestling so and so, so they're going to go over to start a feud, and then at the next pay per view so-and-so gets the title back or you can generally just just you know what's going to make sense because history just keeps repeating itself over Amen. and over i'm not saying that's a bad thing i'm far from saying that i'm not speaking ill or poorly of it it's just you can generally see it's the same thing that's been working for 80 years yeah and guess what it's going to work long after you and i are dead and gone this is true. It's still going to be working. No, there's always going to be new minor 
twist to it, but for the most part, you can you can see it coming because there has to be a certain amount of believability to it. I agree. You still need to have that, so you, you know, yeah, you're gonna have your underdog every once in a while. It's gonna pull something off that you're like, whoa, didn't see that coming. But for the most part, you can see it coming. You'd be hard pressed to pull off another one, two, three kid versus Razor Ramon. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. I mean, the, the closest, the closest thing I can think of would be. I don't even know if you'd put it in that category, but uh, Action Andretti versus Chris Jericho. Yeah, not in the same category, but yeah, you're 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 in the right direction. You're getting there. But that one, two, three kid um, Razor Ramon match was so good. Well, it, it was so good, and, oh, but you need to realize the world was different then too. It was. You couldn't just go on to Google and be reading a bunch of shit and and talking to. <laughs> 50 people on on Facebooks or or Twitter and all that stuff and it just just wasn't how it worked then. It was a different world, my friend. Right? Good, bad, whatever it is, but it was just it was different. Right? And things were just different and you had that belief, you believed a little bit more, I think. I would agree with that. Raider, like I don't know if that makes sense, but you, you just believe no, you knew you knew it wasn't real. Correct. Right? Like you knew you knew it was predetermined off, but you just believed a little bit more. That's all. But I mean that was a massive upset. Razor Ramon was a star. One, two, three kid, not so much. Right? And then when he wins, that's huge. Yeah, putting him over really raised one, two, three kid stock hugely. Yep. So, but the action Andretti and Jericho, I like that kid. Action I, Andretti, he's he's got some upside. He's gonna you actually text me. Uh, you, I, I think it was. I think I was in bed sleeping, and then I was, yeah, I was doing something. Answer. I was so. I know. I'm sorry. I was so tired, and I think you texted me, and I finally saw it. And you're like, "Hey, this action Andretti guy. We think about this." And I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm so tired. I'm so." I thought I'll talk to him about it on the show. Um, he really has a lot going for him. I feel like he is and I think they mentioned this on commentary. He's like a young Will Ospreay. He comes from that, almost that new Japan dojo feel where he does wrestle, but yet he does a lot of high flying stuff, which is kind of that, uh, Lucha Libre Mexican style wrestling with a little bit of Japanese worked in as well, but he's got a good look. He's super, super young. And I think he was getting over with the audience right now. And that's what, what AEW needs to do. And I think that's what they're really starting to do. If you've noticed, they're not really putting a whole lot of focus on older guys. And I think that is where they're going to succeed. Would you agree? 100%. And you know who's another guy that they started that with? And I don't know what happened. Griff Garrison. I started to get invested in him. I liked him. Do you think Griff should have been a singles guy and not necessarily a tag team guy? No. No. So he wasn't like he wasn't together. I did because I think they both needed a little more seasoning. Right. They they weren't neither one of them were ready to be running matches on their own quite yet. They're close, but they just need a little more seasoning. Right. And unfortunately it just got lost in shuffle. And I, I like that gimmick to be honest with you. It, I, I enjoyed them. What are they? The cheerleaders or whatever they the are? Varsity blondes. 
The Varsity Blondes. Okay. I, I enjoyed that gimmick. I really did. And I, I thought Griff was going to be your breakout star. I honestly did. I thought he was going to be... Uh, it might be big to say, but he was going to be your Shawn Michaels of that group. Dude. He was going to be one to get over. It's so crazy you said Shawn Michaels because I literally was thinking... I was thinking either you could take... You could take Brian Pillman Jr. and turn him into a Shawn Michaels, mm-hmm. or you could take him and have him his, his dad's character with the sunglasses, one up, one down, the cane, and really just taking that persona really, really far, like following in his dad's shoes. Mm-hmm. But Griff is the good-looking, baby-faced, long blonde hair type of guy. I just, I wonder if he has the, that panache that he could really just kind of really put it on thick. And I don't know, but it'll be interesting to see what they end up doing with with Griff because he's very talented. There's no doubt about that. He's young, too. He's not very old. You know a guy who I always loved watching wrestle, and I always thought he would have been a big star, and it never happened? Chuck Palumbo. Yeah, what happened there? Dude, I loved Chuck Palumbo as Chuck Palumbo. Um, not as these other goofy gimmicks he had. He was big. He was built. He had the, the long curly hair. He just looked like a pro wrestler and he could work really well. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, man, this guy should really get a push. And unfortunately it never happened. It was Palumbo and Stasiak and, you know, Stasiak's father was big into to wrestling earlier on in the sixties and seventies, but I never really felt like Stasiak was the guy. And but Chuck Palumbo, I absolutely got behind him, and that's another guy who I love to hear his stories as well from from WCW at that time. He went on to build motorcycles or something, didn't he, or soup Let's up cars or something like that? That's a. I think he has a chop shop. I want to say yeah, somebody he went on to do something like that. Like he's, he's a gearhead. Um. All right. So let me find out what's going on with Chuck Palumbo here. I'm working on it. There we go. Chuck Palumbo, born June 15, 1971, is an Italian-American television personality, motorcycle and automotive design fabricator, home design builder, and retired pro wrestler. He's best known for his appearances with professional wrestling companies, World Championship Wrestling, and the WWF. Um, Let me see here. Let's see. What else is Chuck doing? Okay, this was... Oh, shoot. That's 2012. Where are they now? Um, I love Chuck Palumbo, though, so loved him. What do you think of Chuck and Billy? I thought that was a great tag team. That was what a great do you think of team. that angle today? Uh, that would never fly. No. It wouldn't fly. Here's one guy I didn't like, Rico. I didn't mind him. Yeah, like I wasn't overly invested. In him. I didn't mind him. I didn't. Dislike me. I was he was neutral. Just eh, he's okay. Don't care one way or the other. Um let's see here. I'm trying to find something else here. So Palumbo was on the independent circuit until 2012, and it says Palumbo runs a business called CP Customs where he builds his own motorcycles as well as repairing and customizing cars. 
as you said, in motorcycles. Plumbo made motorcycle Plumbo made motorcycles was featured in the April edition of My American Iron Magazine. God, I can't talk. In 2009, Plumbo built a motorcycle to raise money for veterans uh, who were returning home. He rode the bike across the country to gather donations for a raffle with 100% proceeds going to Fueled by the Fallen, which is a nonprofit organization that supports troops as they return home. Now, see, that's the kind of shit that I like. I respect the shit out of that. Like, I liked him a lot as a wrestler, but now knowing that he did that, even more kudos to him. Oh, top-notch stuff. You like that. Something else that was very interesting, Chuck Palumbo's brother, Chris, was awarded several medals for his military service in Afghanistan, including the Silver Star. Palumbo is also good friends with fellow pro wrestlers Batista, Mark Jindrak, Booker T, Chava Guerrero Jr., and Rey Mysterio. He was also close to former tag team partner Sean O'Hare, who did unfortunately pass away in September of 2014. Palumbo resides in San Diego, California. He has a daughter named Charlie, who's an expiring DJ. In 2016, Palumbo reportedly saved a woman from a car accident by lifting the car and then lifting the woman out of the car. Well, he's a hoss, so that doesn't surprise me. The man is put He's to... a straight-up unit. He's dude, a big dude. You what just a... brought up a name. Yes. I haven't thought of in a very long time. Yes. Jindrak. Mark Jindrak, yeah. Why did he not get over? Dude, I see... You talk about another amazing athlete. I know. Handsome devil. Great shape. What happened? I feel like a lot of times in the WWE, if you did not have an over-the-top personality, you kind of got lost in the shuffle. Because let's think about the WWF at that time, right? So WWF buys out WCW. So at that point in time, anyone who was still on AOL Time Warner contracts they just let those bad boys keep going. So your big name top stars let those things go because people who wanted to continue to wrestle, Vince would buy out their contract for pennies on the dollar. So I think he was like, no, I really want to still wrestle. He came in and I think he just got lost in the shuffle. I mean, even WWE in 2002, you still had the rock. You still had stone cold, Steve Austin, still had triple H and Kurt angle and the undertaker. And, um, Jericho, and you had a lot of guys that were still like really big deals, and the Dudleys really were dominating the tag team world at that time. So, for a mid card guy like that, he really had to stand out. And I think the I hate to say this the stench of WCW being on him definitely did not help him at all. And unless you really ingratiated yourself with Vince and the WWE culture, I think a lot of people who were former WCW guys that came over really were not looked upon highly. And I know a lot of wrestlers have said that before. Like, we're not going to get put over, you know, current WWE guys because obviously we're the, we're the outsiders, if you will. So I feel like he just got lost in the mix. I'm a great wrestler. I mean, he was strong. He could technically wrestle. He was also high flyer. Had a great body. I just don't know if he had that personality on the microphone that was really, he didn't really sell himself, if that makes sense. I mean, he went down to Mexico and did very good. And he's an actor down there on a soap opera or something or another. There's a random fact of the day, Freeland. You're welcome. I was just about to say, I do appreciate you doing that for me. Thank you. Random facts of the day. And who is this again? Mark Jindrak. Mark Jindrak. 
Interesting. That's a really interesting last name. Yeah. Jindrak. Remember Johnny Stram, Stram, Stramboli? Stromboli? Take a shot. Uh, yes. Johnny like the that. Bull. Yes. He was interesting, too. I kind of like that gimmick. He had that. I think he was part of. I think Palumbo was a part of the. Um, God, what did they do? They did a gimmick. And I want to say it was it was the full blooded. It wasn't the full blooded Italians, but it was a it was another gimmick. It was um, geez, why can't I think of this? Um, God, he was a part of some other faction that Palumbo was a part of as well, and I don't know, but uh, but yeah, well, he was a big dude. We're working on it. He's a big dude. I, I don't I know. There's something I like that gimmick. He just uh. I don't know, your stereotypical mafia oh. tough guy. Right. Hold on. Hold on. It is the full-blooded Italians. Really? So in February of 2003, Palumbo formed the full-blooded Italians, FBI, in WWE. Now, the faction had previously been used in extreme championship wrestling, um, but it was after beating the hands of Rikishi, Nunzio threatened to bring in his family to gain revenge in WWE. Well, the next week, Chuck Palumbo in... Johnny the Bull Stamboli joined Nunzio to form the new FBI as they attacked Rikishi and his group. The version initially gained success, but would go on to have brief feuds with Los Guerreros, Chris Benoit, Rhino, Brian Kendrick, and the former Nathan Jones, the APA, and the Undertaker. But then Palumbo was traded to the Raw brand in 2004, along with A-Train, in exchange for Rico and Jackie. What kind of crap trade is that? Anyway, that's a guy that could come back for a, a one-off at the Rumble. Palumbo could. A train, Palumbo, but uh, yeah, I guess he could. He's still training. He's still yeah, training. No, he's, a, he's a trainer. He's just, you know, I didn't realize when his name was Prince Albert what a what a Prince Albert was, <laughs> and then I then I figured it out. So and that's that when was you a have a piercing in your penis, right? Yes, that is why. It's supposed to it's supposed to help out uh, your your partner, or whatever. That's weird. I don't know. I would never. I don't care how inebriated I would ever get. I would never have someone. No, I wouldn't get my ear pierced. So I ain't getting anything else pierced. But anyway, that doesn't bother me. Um, the ear, not not the not. The no, I completely no. understand, and I figured if you did, you probably wouldn't tell me, and I wouldn't ask, because if you if you chose to get a piercing. Uh, south of the border, I would never ask on air. I still would want to know. You don't have to ask. It's no, because I'm that kind of guy. Um, so we, we went on so many tangents, like we promised you earlier in the show. But the Royal Rumble itself was really interesting. I think, in a lot of ways, the person who got a lot out of the Royal Rumble outside of Cody headlining WrestleMania now with Roman Reigns is is Gunther and I feel like Gunther got a lot of praise from the WWE universe and for the wrestling universe as well I mean he's put together he's physically intimidating right now um he is the longest reigning uh, of this generation uh intercontinental champion do you know how long he would have to go to tie the honky-tonk man like 72 years <laughs> He'd have to go deep into next fall. So yeah. he would have to go the, the rest of this winter. Forever. He did have it forever. The rest of this winter, spring, 
all of summer and then at some point in the fall. That's a long time to have the Intercontinental Championship. Let me ask you this question. Let's say when his Intercontinental Championship run is over, is is Gunther Walter somebody you see in the championship match match mix for the world title? Or do you feel like he'd always not quite be there, but he would always be that next tier down? To me, he'd be the next tier down. Now, with that said, I'm probably the minority in that. I think most people would say he's going to be in there. I'm just slow on the uptake. I'm, I'm just not getting that character. I just think he's a brute. I just think he's a... A German brute. Mm-hmm. So I I could see it. You want somebody like him to have significant value to your company. True. Based purely on the fact he's European. Right. So because you, you want to attract European fans. Mm-hmm. Right. And you want to keep them drawn in. So you want to keep him relevant. You don't want to turn them into your lower tier jobber type of thing like that. And I don't know how the hell you could do that with him anyway. I mean, he, he's legit. He, he's a big man. Big man plays a great brute, mean, bully gimmick, smack you in the mouth type of guy. I mean, he's perfect for that. So you'd be hard-pressed to have him with, with the way he is, with the way he's been pushed to turn him into a jobber. Yeah. You just couldn't. You'd you completely destroy his career. You just couldn't at this point. So he will always be around. To me, he would be a high mid-tier guy. Okay. But I could see him in the title picture because he's over. People like him. How cool would it be to see a Brock Lesnar-Walter match? Or they Gunther? would beat the tar out of each other. Oh, my God. Like, that would be stiff. Like, they'd pound on each other. Yes, they would. They're like his chops. Are nasty. Yes, they are. Right. Like you seen Cody's chest after the rumble. It was black and blue already. Like he slapped the shit out of him. Yeah, he did. Like, you know. If Will Smith slapped like that, we'd never hear of Chris Rock again. Oh my god. <laughs> Will Smith. Oh my leave my <clears throat> wife's name out of your mouth. Yeah. Good God. Slows. But here's the funny thing here. Here's the funny thing here. Chris Rock took that and then delivered a joke afterwards. Like so, yeah. yeah, he was like, man. Yeah. Wow. So, but um, no, I mean, he's good. I'm not, I'm not saying he's not. He's just not, I'm just not getting it. I'm, I'm not. I don't know why. I don't think I'm stunned. I'm no genius. But I don't think I'm stunned. I just don't. He doesn't do it for me. Yeah. But I mean, I several wrestling fans that I speak to up here, buddies of mine, they think he's the cat's meow, and I know you think he's the cat's meow, right? So I'm I'm definitely the odd man out that's not seeing something, right? So he will he will get a push. Now I'll ask you a question, if I may. Sure. Do you ever see him as your WWE champion? I absolutely do. Really? Absolutely. Universal champion. Whatever the hell, whatever belt they want to give him. I mean, that that. faction 
as intimidating as he is, you know, challenging people. I dare you to take the belt off of me. He's almost like uh, Fedor Emelianenko, um, Drago. Or, or Drago, like that. That just just very confident, mm-hmm. says very little, but just is a heavy-handed beast. Mm-hmm. And I could absolutely see him uh, with the championship, and then just taking on challengers. And I actually think he could have a really long reign at the top as well. Because what a lot of people don't know is he also can talk. And it's just doesn't happen very often. But um, but yeah. So we've we've detoured so many different areas. Um I don't even know where we started anymore. We're 52 uh, minutes in of nonsense. The Royal Rumble, and we had like we have six other topics. Uh so let's kind of go ahead and let's talk a little bit about what happened uh, also on the big Royal rumble pay-per-view event. And uh, I'm taking this from cbsports.com. So Bray Wyatt took on LA Knight in a pitch black match that was sponsored by Mountain Dew. Uh, Wyatt arrives for his first television match in more than two years, sporting a brand new look, black eye makeup and a horror movie eye contacts. The lights in the arena go out and everything starts to glow. And then the match begins. The action quickly spills out to the outside where Wyatt is pursued by L.A. Knight. Wyatt attempts to suplex Knight over the barricade and onto some steel steps, but Knight escapes and drove Wyatt through the announcer's table with a big elbow. Wyatt then dusted himself off and pursued Knight inside the ring. Knight swung with a glow-in-the-dark kendo stick and then ran away uh, after a sister Abigail was attempted to be performed on him. They went ahead and they fought through the crowd. They... Uh, went ahead and the match did not last very long. Uh, Wyatt ends up p- picking up the win in a little over, I want to say five or six minutes. Mm-hmm. Then things got even a little more interesting as Wyatt pursued LA Knight until they were outside the ring. They were in the audience, but then there was like a, there was a situation. I'm trying to think of what you would call it. There was like a stage platform, if you will. And then, um, Bray Wyatt went ahead and was going, you know, back and forth with LA Knight. And then it was interesting, but what's he called? Dr. Howdy? No, not Dr. Howdy. Uncle Howdy? Uncle Howdy? Something like that. Whatever that guy is. Uncle Howdy. Uncle Dallas. Yes. Uh, Ends up jumping off of the top of, uh, gosh, I guess like an area for the um, corridor for wherever those seats were. And he missed, he missed LA night and that was very evident. And so a lot of people were saying, uh, that was a very big miss there. Let me ask you this question. Okay. Did this match really do anything for Bray Wyatt? No, no. Did this match do anything with the house? Like a filler match. It did feel like a filler match. It felt like, Hey, guess what? We're going to throw this out there. And get ready for the next match. But here's this in between. It felt like your popcorn match or or your your piss break match because it didn't it did not motivate anything. It didn't help Bray. We didn't feel like that led Bray to something else. We don't feel like that set Bray up. We waited all this time to get a Bray Wyatt match. All this time, right? He gets cut by Vince. He's gone. He goes and and does um some movie projects. And then they woo him back and they do all these vignettes and he's finally back. And then there's this uncle howdy character that we're not really quite sure. Most people do agree that it's Bo Dallas, but we really don't know. But then this character gets involved 
he jumps off the top and misses. And it's just like, where do you go from there? Like, how do you save face with the Bray Wyatt character? Let's, let's put LA Knight on the shelf here for a second. Let's not even talk about him. What do you do next with, with Bray Wyatt in this howdy uncle howdy character? I don't know. I, I, I just don't know. I, I, I can't even come up with something smart ass and sarcastic to say. I honestly don't know. It's he's almost turned into a comic book. It has type of gimmick. Yep. And he, he was always maybe a, a little bit when he had the cult leader thing uh, to to an extent, not to what it is now. The swamp guy was cool. I thought. Yes. It, but but the know, Firefly Funhouse stuff was dumb. I that, that was my bit, opinion. Yeah, that was a bit hokey. I agree. To me, my favorite part was when it was the Wyatt family. I, I loved think, it. I think personally, I think that was his best work. Amen. Right. But now he's he doesn't really wrestle much. Honestly, his vignettes are still good. When he's talking, it's still good. He can talk. Like I will go as far as say he is from modern day Jake Roberts. I would go along with that. Right? I, I honestly think he is. His in-ring work, I won't say he can't. I, I don't think that's fair to say because he can wrestle. We know that. But it's almost like it's being wasted now. Like I, I just don't know where you go. Do you continue to feud with LA Knight now? I mean, you got to do something with him. You can't just, well, Feud's over, you know. On Monday night, they'll both wrestle somebody else. Right? That's not gonna. I don't think that'll fly personally. No, that might I don't be agree. Wrong. But that match was just kind of there. I don't know. It was. It was weird. Yet a little bit interesting with the glow in the dark paint and stuff. But that's a. It had that visual thing that was kind of neat to it. There wasn't a lot of substance to it. It was more of a visually interesting thing. Because that's a, I mean, I've never seen that before. I don't know if you have. I, mean, I, have I don't not. know if I don't know if it ever happened before. It looked well, like a, a Naomi thing. Isn't she the woman wrestler who always glows in the dark? Yeah. So something like that could, you know, it it, it had a certain amount of appeal to to people. I I see that. It's not my cup of tea, right? The end was unfortunate. Um, the fact that they showed the replay a couple times too was bad. Like, don't show that, guys. Come on, like, show it from a different angle or something, or or just just or be just done. Don't yeah, like, yeah. Don't don't show the miss over because it, it it makes it all look bad. It makes it all look worse. Realistically, it makes the talent makes Uncle Howdy look not so good because he missed, right? And then well, LA Knight never got up, even though a guy missed him. So that doesn't make him look good. It just makes the whole match look rinky dink. And honestly, it makes WWE look not so polished. Misses happen, accidents happen, botches happen. Nobody's ever going to beat up on that. That happens. They're human, they make mistakes. Just if you do at work, just like I do at work, that's fine. Don't keep showing the replay of the mistake, though. That just looks bad, bad. Do you almost feel like this is on par when 
they had the blood and guts match. Do you remember this? And Jericho goes off the top of the cell and they had laid out the cardboard that, that was, was supposed so to look. Oh my God. It was supposed to so bad. For those of you who haven't seen it, this was a couple years ago where they had the first blood and guts match. And I think it was in Jacksonville and Jericho gets thrown off the top and I don't really know where he's supposed to be falling, but they, they have a crash pad and he, he goes to hit the crash pad, but you see that they designed the crash pad to look like it was the diamond plated um, material that the steps are usually made out of. Right. But it was really just sheets of cardboard that were placed together in puzzle pieces to look like diamond plating uh, steel. Well, when he fell down and he hit it, when the cardboard crushed uh, and like caved in around his body and he just laid there, that was right on top there with uh, the exploding sparkler match that uh, was so a bad. complete fart in church as well. It was just so bad. Um, if you're going to do spots like that, just make sure that you're 100% ready to, to take on whatever comes your way. But yes, don't show replays if it doesn't go well. I agree. No, mistakes happen. I'm not beating up on them. Don't, don't take it as that. That's just the way it is. That's human nature. But don't keep showing. It just makes it worse. Don't keep showing it over and over. Just Hide it. Sense. Bury it. Move on. Something. Run a commercial. Some damn thing. Show do, the fans. I don't know what to tell you, but don't do, do something that. else. You know, for as, as much as Kevin Dunn is known for cutaways, Jesus, Kevin, why don't you just cut away right this cut, cut? Yeah. Don't go back to that, Bucky. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, so that match happened. Uh, so that was interesting. We move on to the Raw Women's Championship match. It was Bianca Belair. She was taking on Alexa Bliss. Um, before I talk about this match, I want to ask you this question. Do you feel like Alexa Bliss in some ways is... I don't want to say the word regressed, because um, not physically, no, she can still wrestle, but I'm saying regressed as far as her character and her positioning within WWE. I don't really feel, I feel like the Bray Wyatt stuff started out good. And then after Bray was gone, she kept doing the stuff with the dolls and the swing set. And it was weird. And I don't think anybody really took her super seriously. And now she's back again and she's kind of doing her thing. Do you feel like Alexa Bliss, unfortunately, has cooled off so much that she might not be able to recover and be back in the big title picture again? No. Uh, I think she was cooling off. Um, I personally, the, the swings and the dolls, I didn't mind that. That was weird. That was messed up. But I liked it personally. Right? And that match you have with uh, Bianca Belair was a good match. I think it was a fantastic match. I had very low expectations. I didn't think there was going to be much of that match. Because she... She hasn't been great lately. Bel Air's fantastic. That woman can wrestle. She's very she good. Can. Strong as a bull. You know, great athlete. Fantastic. Alexa's had some questionable matches. Uh, I think that would be fair to say. But in that match, she looked fantastic. Uh, that match was absolute dynamite. The good thing about that match, and which I think helped her, it was like nine minutes. 
Eight yeah, they kept minutes. that. They kept that short and sweet. Perfect. Uh, I think that's that's fantastic, right? I think that will help her. I honestly think that match, her stock rose a little bit. I don't know if she's ever going to get to the top of the mountain, but that match helped her. She looked very good in that match. Uh, CBS Sports has the following to say about this match. Oh, by the way, well, I'll go over the the grades that CBS gives the matches afterwards. Uh, Bel Air and Bliss fought a very competitive back and forth match uh, for the entirety of the contest. The rivals had a good read on each other. Bliss was countering Bel Air's flashy standing moonsault, a move Bel Air managed to land cleanly on the second attempt. The match came to an end when Bel Air blocked Bliss's sister Abigail and used the momentum to plant the challenger with a KOD. Now, a cryptic Uncle Howdy promo taunted Bliss who used to be aligned with the fiend Bray Wyatt. And in the post-match, Howdy repeatedly asked Bliss, do you feel in charge? Which, not really quite sure where we were going with that. But uh, CBS Sports says the match was fine. It lacked uh, a certain level of intensity. Now, there weren't very many big spots or any real near falls to put anything into question as far as if the title was ever going to be switching hands. Now, this is the standard defense for all championship matches and uh, challengers who are not really believed that they are going to overcome the odds. So once again, Belair defeats Bliss via pinfall to retain the Raw Women's Championship. You said you liked the match. Mm-hmm. Um, it was short and sweet. I- I'll admit it was okay. It was definitely an upgrade from the Bray Wyatt LA Night match. But more than that, I would say not much more than that. So if on a scale of one to five stars, if the Bray Wyatt LA night match was two and a half, I would put this at a three. Really? Yeah. I, I just, wow. and I have nothing against either women. I think either woman, I think they're really good. I just was not like, I was never on the edge of my seat. I was never like, whoa, they're like really bringing it. Like they're really going, I mean, yeah, it was back and forth, but it wasn't, it didn't have that intensity that you typically look for when someone's chasing a championship. Now, granted, don't know if there's a whole lot of buildup to this either. So I don't think this was a main storyline that WWE was pushing, but I just didn't feel like it had that, that real grunt, that real fiery type of thing. When normally when you see like Ronda wrestle where you see Charlotte wrestle where you see Becky wrestle, their emotion really is expressed. And I just didn't feel like I got that from her. Not a bad match. Keep it short and sweet. Like you said before, she's not a bad wrestler, but I don't really ever see her kind of cresting back to the top again. No, well, she's not in the same category as your, your Charlotte's or your Becky. She's, she's not there. Well, she, she's just not. That's, that's just the reality of it. Right. I think anyhow, could she ever get, do you think she'd ever be something? Because realistically, she would, would you say it's fair to say she's a mid Carter? Honestly, upper mid Carter. I think the only way she's going to get a belt is if, if you have some weird situations where somebody's severely injured or some, some stuff goes down from a scheduling conflict situation where they need to put the title on somebody who they know has been a champion before. Mm-hmm. I think she would be a, a perfect person to say, Hey, we're going to put the belt on you. You, you've walked down this road before, but keep in mind, it's a transitional situation. We don't really, I don't know if they're going to say this to her face, but behind closed doors, I don't think they would necessarily see her as the face of a division. That's fair. Um, 
Let's move on to the Women's Royal Rumble, which was interesting. Uh, we also know that the winner of this was Rhea Ripley, which was very much deserving. I think Rhea Ripley has put her dues in WWE for quite a long time, and she's definitely great on the mic. She definitely has a presence. She's got a great character, and I feel like it was her time. I feel like if it wasn't now, then it was never going to be. And you need to change things and go in different directions, and I think going with Rhea definitely helped the situation. I think Edge going ahead in starting Judgment Day was the first sign or was the precursor to Edge using some of his influence to say, hey, look, I really think we need to do something with Rhea here. And I think Beth Phoenix saw something in Rhea uh, a while ago. And I think there was a lot of collective thought process saying, you know what? We don't have somebody like her that's intimidating like her, that has that very unique look like her. Let's go with it right now. I mean, she's kind of like an Amazon type of woman meets gothic. Uh, she is intimidating. So why not we not give her a shot? I mean, let's let's change it up. We've gone the Ronda route. We've gone the Liv Morgan route. We know what we get with Charlotte Flair. Uh, heck, we thought we were going to have something with Shayna Baszler, which saddens me to say never <sighs> came to fruition because Shayna Baszler is a tremendous wrestler. Um, so why not at this point? I mean, you had Bianca Belair. Why not we go with Rhea Ripley and see what happens? And I think it's a smart move right here. Um, what's your take on Rhea Ripley winning the Royal Rumble? Uh, another one you've seen coming, I think. Uh, th th I think that was pretty pretty clear this was coming. I deserve it. 100% deserve it. Much, I mean, I, I don't feel like repeating what you said, but this hurts me to say, but you're right. Thank you. You're completely right on all aspects. Gee, that really hurt me. <laughs> Man, that was hard. But you, you were. You can't. You can't bring nothing else up. It, everything you said is spot on, right on the money. Give her a chance. See where it goes. We've been there, done that with all the rest of them. You know, give her a chance. You're you're injecting what could be a, a fantastic new feud. Follow me on this one and tell me if you think that this may be a possibility. You know when we had, so Becky Lynch filled in when there was an injury, and God, I'm trying to remember who it was. I don't want to say it was Naomi or somebody. She filled in, and she was in Hell in a Cell, or not Hell in a Cell, Elimination Chamber. And that's when she smashed her nose up and the whole nine yards, and that's when she really became Becky, right? The man. Yeah. That's and Jax broke her nose? Maybe it was Nia Jax who broke her nose. I think it was. Um, don't even get me started on Nia Jax, but she'll be a part of this as well. Um, let me ask you this. She went from just Becky Lynch to the man, and that was her coming out party. The blood on the face, the fire. She went into the crowd. She almost had that Tommy Dreamer, like just, ah, you know, feel to her. And that was her coming out party. I think Rhea Ripley is going to tear the house down with Bianca Belair. And I think that's going to be her coming out match. And I think she turns babyface when she wins at WrestleMania because the crowd is going to want her to turn babyface. And I think what you're going to see is you're going to see the end of her being in Judgment Day, in my opinion. And I think she's going to get a rocket strapped to her ass and she's going to have the belt for a while. Why wouldn't you keep her as a heel? 
I just don't feel like it's going to happen. I feel like when people start to see what she's really about and really seeing her on that big stage, they're going to be like, holy shit, she's really good. And I'm really getting behind her now instead of just being this lost woman inside this group, inside this faction where they're really focusing on Damien Priest and they're really focusing on Finn Balor. And they're now trying to unfortunately inject a lot of Dominic Mysterio. I feel like she's kind of been in the background but it's just time for her to shine and not be a part of something. Just be her. And I'm I think okay. the fans are going to get behind it. No, I'm okay with that. And, and she's very, very good. Very talented woman. And she could totally do it. I just don't know how you're going to transition the breakup. Because her, her and Dominic are kind of joined right now. So... How do you do it? Is what I, I guess what I'm I'm getting at. I'm gonna think about that. I'm gonna think about <laughs> on that. next week's episode. I was gonna say there's a teaser. Give me give me a little time to think about that. Um, I, I know there's a way to do it. I'm just trying to think here. Um, so kind of moving past the Rhea Ripley thing, a couple things that I thought were interesting that I really really liked. Um, so Dewdrop finally returns and she's now known as uh, Piper, Piper Nevin. Nevin. Yes, which is great because that was her original name when she was on the Indies and then when she was in U- in the UK. I thought that was great. Um, do I see her being – I see her definitely being more involved in the near future. Now, to what extent, I can't tell you, but I definitely think she's got a lot of ability and I think she could be really, really good. Um, so time will tell what we see with her. I also think uh, Raquel Rodriguez is going to be a freaking huge star. I feel like she's going to probably end up really being pushed in the title picture big time. I have no doubt whatsoever. Um, I like her. She's got a look. She did great in NXT, still is. And I think she's just one of those people who's primed and ready right now to go ahead and really get a big push. I could see her being involved in... Uh, a storyline that leads up to WrestleMania and her being involved in a WrestleMania match because it's so earlier, early in her push. I probably see it being a tag match, but I definitely see her being a part of something. Um, this WrestleMania, like in this WrestleMania. Time? Yep. Oh. All right. Um, uh, we also saw Chelsea green debut and she now holds the record of the quickest exit from a Royal rumble. Five seconds. She, yeah, she's been brought into WWE, and her new gimmick is what they call a Karen character. So <laughs> I don't know what's going to be happening with this. Some people are are digging it. Um, I haven't really been sold on her before. The stuff that she had done in Impact Wrestling um, I thought was was good, but I never really felt like she was the the it girl in that company. So we'll see what happens with this new character. Maybe a, a new coat of paint is definitely going to help her out. Not a big fan of Lacey Evans. I don't care how many times you repackage this girl. I am not interested whatsoever in her. Why? Um, I don't find her character to be captivating or intriguing. Like I don't find a quality about her as a wrestling fan that makes me say I like that part of her. I, I just don't like I don't hate her, but I have zero emotion towards her character. I just don't have anything. I'm ambivious uh, to it. I just I don't have anything. 
Um, let's see who else. Big word for this show. It is a big, big word. Uh, Indy Hartwell. I like Indy Hartwell. I feel like Indy Hartwell is going to be somebody who's probably going to be your your upper mid card female uh, wrestler in WWE. Nothing wrong with that. I could see her tagging with somebody and maybe becoming tag champions. I feel like Indy Hartwell definitely has that Ruby Soho feel to her. And I feel like she's going to put on some gritty matches. And I think she's going to be looked at as, wow, she's really that gritty wrestler who really can get down and, and, and wrestle. But I think that's kind of where she's going to end. I think that's where she's going to be at. Um, Nikki Cross. I always love Nikki Cross. I can't wait to see what Nikki Cross is going to do. Don't even get me started on Nia Jax. Um, originally, it was reported that Nia Jax was officially back full time with WWE. Uh, WWE had released a new line of merchandise for her, which was on WWE Shop. But they have not moved her to the current roster. And as of today, I had found out that she is not, in fact, back full time with WWE. That was a one off in that okay. she is still fulfilling her independent bookings. Because I've read as well on a couple reports that she was back full time. So I did too. And then I read one today. And maybe I'm wrong, but I read that she is still going to be able to fulfill her independent bookings. So. Um, I like Candice LeRae. I just don't really, once again, feel like Candice LeRae. I feel like there's this big pack of just good wrestlers, but there's a very thin margin of the ones that I really feel like could do well. Roxanne Perez, not mm-hmm. feeling it. In we'll, the NXT we'll, Women's we'll agree Champion, on that. I, I just don't feel it. Like, once again. But once again, Shayna Baszler, holy shit, she should have gotten... Shayna Baszler deserves way more than she's gotten. Natty deserves way more than what she's gotten. Um, I do like Tegan Knox. I will say that. I like her a lot. Zelina Vega is an interesting one because I think Zelina is... She's a, a dynamic character, but I don't know if WWE sees like championship material in her. And she's one of those girls that I feel like is right. Like, are they going to, if they push her, boom, I think she could really become something. But I also see the hesitation within them as well with, do we really want to push somebody like this? And it looks like they want to push a a Lacey Evans, which I'll keep my mouth shut because I have no faith in them pushing um, Lacey Evans at all. So what was your thoughts on the women inside this match? Uh, Some, I didn't know who they were. Well, I'll admit, or, or I shouldn't say I didn't know who they were. I didn't know much. Uh, right. I think this would be a, a better explanation. I also don't follow WWE as much as I should, and I haven't watched NXT in quite a while. Full disclosure, I just don't do it. Uh, the match, watching it, once again, I thought it was a very good match. Yeah, I mean, you know who I was rooting for. Well, I knew but, you were rooting for Natty. Yeah, I knew she wasn't going to win, but I was still rooting for her, right? I, I think she's, you know, an opportunity that should have been used. I mean, she's very good, but same as Shayna. You, know, you, you root for her. You know she's not going to win, but you were going to root for her, or I was anyhow. Right? I, I think everybody knew Rhea was going to win. But overall, I thought I thought the match was pretty solid. Um. Nothing blew me away in it. I can't get there and say, hey, do you remember when? No, because I, I can't. 
not I'm not saying that it wasn't good, but to me there was nothing huge. Um Nia, Nia Jax. I don't care. I just don't. Um Chelsea Breen getting put out in five seconds. I think that might have been a little foolish personally. Yeah, they want her to play the Karen character, which is fine. But that's but, how you debut her? Yeah, like you know. Now, next thing I'll ask you though, she's back. Anybody else coming back? I had a feeling you were going to ask that question. Uh, referring to Matt Cardona? Yeah, maybe. Matt Cardona recently, if you're following wrestling news, actually was attempting, I don't know if he's been successful or not, in trademarking the Zack Ryder name mm-hmm. and actually having the rights to the Zack Ryder name because obviously WWE let that expire after he's been gone from the company for several years. Now, he did an interview recently, and he had mentioned that if he were to go back, which he is very open to, that he would not want to go back as Zack Ryder. He would prefer to leave that in the past and kind of build on what he's done in the indies since he has left WWE and be Matt Cardona. However, with licensing and trademarks and all that kind of stuff, that's obviously his real name. So WWE wants to do something where they're going to profit off of it. So he, he did say he would like to leave it in the past, but he would be open if, you know, push came to shove to become uh Zack Ryder again. Um, but he is definitely open. And once again, if he's open to coming back and Chelsea's already with the company, I don't see why not. And here's why. First of all, he had his run in NWA, which was fine. He did stuff with GCW, which was great. Never did stuff with New Japan, but now he's with Impact Wrestling, and I really feel like Impact Wrestling has done him well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never really felt like, like when he showed up in AEW for that hot second, that hot cup of coffee, when he saved Cody that one time, I just never felt like Zach was a fit for AEW. I always felt like AEW was uh, the next level of indie stars waiting to be discovered, and Zach just wasn't that guy. He was already a homegrown WWE guy. Just didn't fit that mold. Do I see him going back? I would have originally said yes, but now that Vince is back in, you know, back in the in the fold here, I don't know if, if Vince doesn't want you. I don't know necessarily if if he's going to be giving the agreement on Paul to sign him. I really don't. I think if he wants to go back, he'll go back. Uh, I, I, mean? I don't think that Vince would stop it. He's done a lot since he's left. Oh, I agree. He he's has, done a lot. His character has grown exponentially. They would but, be foolish not to get on board. He's into so much now that he wasn't into before. He's become so much bigger. Right? They, they'd be fools not to bring him back. But think about it from this perspective. It's the same argument we have with AEW. How many people are you going to have on your roster? Like, are you going to put them on Raw? Because if you put them on Raw, there is a hell of a lot of people on Raw already that are going to be in the world title picture. If you put them on SmackDown, there's a lot of people. So let me just pull this up really, really quickly so we can talk about where would Matt Cardona fit if we were looking at the roster. So let me go ahead and let me pull this up here. Um, give me a second. Okay. Do they split them up anymore? Raw and versus SmackDown rosters, or is just everybody? I well, think it might I think they split them up. No, 
Uh, let me see here. I'm on their website right now. And I'm not seeing. Let me see if I can split this up. Let's see if I can pull this up. Here we go. Here we go. Okay, so the raw men's roster right now. So AJ Styles. I mean, could you do an AJ Styles versus Matt Cardona? Absolutely, yep. you could. Um, it looks like they're trying to push. Some other guys as well. I mean, Austin Theory is, is a guy that looks like they're really trying to push hard. Could you put him against an Austin Theory? I guess maybe you could, but I feel like Austin Theory is being groomed to be the next guy when it comes to, to Monday Night Raw. So it should be interesting to see what happens there because once the belt goes on Cody, obviously Cody's got a feud with somebody. Got to keep this momentum going. So who's going to be the guy? It's not going to be Corbin. I'll tell you that much. Um, could it be Bobby Lashley? Yeah, I guess it could be, but I don't think those two styles work really well together, in my opinion. Um, I'm trying to see who else would be an interesting fit. Bronson Reed, I could see going after Cody. I think that would be really, really interesting as the champion. Um, do you think they would do anything with Chad Gable? Or do you think they would probably? I see. I no. think Chad Gable would be much better as a singles wrestler and not with Otis. Hush your mouth. I just don't. I feel like he needs to be on his own. You got Dolph Ziggler. Do you think you're going to put Dolph Ziggler in in Cody together? Be a good match. Dolph Ziggler's amazing. Freeland, come on. I, I'm not saying he's not, but he's just he's a dollar store general version of Shawn Michaels. Like that's yeah. literally how I see him. That's pretty damn good. Um, no, he's a wish version of Shawn Michaels. If uh, oh wow, so you got Finn Balor, who I think Finn Balor could definitely be good with Cody. I think Finn Balor definitely oh. would be getting a shot. Um, you're not going to have Elias go after him. I'm trying to think, who else would you potentially have going after him? I just don't know where he fits in the mix. Would you have Kevin Owens versus? Matt Cardona, would that be something you'd be interested in seeing? Yeah. I'll watch Kevin Owens with anybody. Oh, absolutely. I Kevin I Owens is that good. There's a lot of people who are saying right now that Montez Ford should be a guy who gets pushed as a singles wrestler and not being with the Street Profits. He would be much more valuable to the company as a singles wrestler. What's your take on that? No. You think keep him as the a tag? tag division's already weak. It is. You're going to break up one of your better tags? Right. Nope. Um, Unless they can bring in another tag team. But then, okay, you're going to break them up. So one guy sinks, one guy swims. Maybe. Or you're going to do a, a, a new Street Profits like they did the new Rockers and bring in some Ugh. random to slap in. Ugh. Uh, if that. No, that won't fly. That that's has that ever worked? Really? No. no. So that won't. That just won't work. Plain and simple. That's not going to go. No, I agree. So if, if you're breaking up that tag team, well, the uh, Porter stays. You're going to try to push him, and the other guy whose name is totally escaping me right now is going to the independence. Gone. Yep. Wow. What are you going to do with them? No, I hear what you're saying. Um, I'm not saying that he's not good, but what do you do? 
Yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. I just don't know if Matt Cardona. I feel like there's a lot of people on this roster already. Jeez, old friggin' Pete's. Of all the names, mm-hmm. how many is Cardona better than? More entertaining, better wrestler. However you want to look at it. All right. Well, let me go over some names and you tell me, is Cardona better or not better? You ready? Yep. And this is just going to be on Monday Night Raw. This is just on Raw. Is Cardona better than AJ Styles? No. No. By the way, the guy you were thinking of is uh, Angelo uh, Dawkins. Dawkins, yeah. Is Matt Cardona better than Austin Theory? Probably. He's not going to get the push. Austin Theory is the guy now. He is. Is he better than Baron Corbin? Yes. Is he better than Bobby Lashley? I say, I say no, but is he better than Brock Lesnar? Well, no. Is he better than Bronson Reed? Yes. Bronson Reed just got brought back. He was Jonah. Mm-hmm. He's got brought back. I think he's going to be a freaking monster. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to say no. You say yes to that one. Um, let's take a look at is, is he better than Chad Gable? Yes. I have to say no on that one. I like Chad Gable a lot. Is he better than Cody Rhodes? No. No. Is he better than Damian Priest? Yes. I say that's almost a tie. Is he better than Dominic Mysterio? No. What's wrong with you? Yeah, he's definitely better than him. He's better than Elias as well. I'll give you that one as well. Um, is Matt Cart? How many times have we said yes so far? How many times have you said yes? Four? Four or five. Is he better than Johnny Gorgano? Johnny Wrestling. Yes. I say no. Um, is he better than Kevin Owens? God, no. No way. Um, is he better than Matt Riddle? Yep. I say no. Um, is he better than Montez Ford? Yep. Same level, I say. I say they're even, Steven. I'm not going to mention Mustafa Ali, not even a, not even in the conversation. I'm not going to mention Omos, not even in the conversation. Is he better than Otis? No. Come on. I feel there like there's been like eight wrestlers in history that are better than Otis. Well, I'll go with that one. History. A, a healthy Randy Orton. Is he better than Randy Orton at oh, 100%? No, no. No way. Um, here's a guy who I think is it would be really is Rick Boggs, Boogs, whatever you want to call him. Boggs. I like him. I like him a lot. I think yeah. he's going to be freaking amazing. Um, is he better than Seth freaking Rollins? No, no. Uh, he's better than The Miz. Is he better than Tommaso Ciampa? Yep. I say they're about even, Steven, on that one. Um. Yeah, so those are all the guys that are on Monday Night Raw. Let's talk about the guys on SmackDown. So is he better than Angel Garza? Yes. I would agree. Is he better than Ashante uh, Adonis? Yes. Yes. Is he better than Braun Strowman? Yes. Okay. Is he better than Bray Wyatt? Yes. No. That's an emphatic no. Is he better than Butch? Yes. No, I go yes. 
You're you are you're on illegal drugs right now. I'm, um, I'm joking about the Bray Wyatt one, but the other ones, no, I think he's better than Butcher. Is he better That's than Drew McIntyre? Is he better than Drew McIntyre? No, no, I agree. Um, is he better than Giovanni Vinci? Yes. Okay. Is he better than Humberto? Yes. Okay, I would agree with that. Uh, Ivar. Yes. I you know, like it'd Ivar. It, it'd be funny if Ivar ran into Otis backstage. I just think that would be a hilarious little skit. That'd be a car wreck. Hey! <laughs> Arr! Hey! All right. Um, let's see here. Is he better than Jay Uso? Yes. Is he better than Jimmy Uso? Yes. Okay. Is he better than Karrion Cross? No. Is he better than Kofi Kingston? Yes. I say no. Is he better than LA Knight? Yes. I say even Steven. Uh, is he better than Logan Paul? Yes. I say no. Um, I'm just not, I'm not sold on this dude. I, I so mean, apparently I, what you're saying is we do not agree on this at all. We don't. I, Which is fine. Do you think he's, like he's better than Madcap Moss? Yes. I say no. And I like Madcap Moss. You I love Madcap Moss. Like, I think that guy is sin freaking sensational. Yep. Do you think he's better than Ricochet? No. No. Is he better than Rey Mysterio? Yes. Is he better than Sami Zayn? No. No freaking way. Not a, Not chance. a chance in this lifetime is no. he better than him. Solo Sikoa? Yes. For sure, okay. yes. I'll go with that. Shinsuke Nakamura? Yes. No He's way. Terrible. You are. You need to be drug tested. He's god awful. It's. I'm not even going to listen to this blasphemy that you're saying on the podcast this week. I speak the truth. Uh, top Dalla. Yes. Yeah, I'd agree with that one. Um, let's see here. I guess that's everybody right now. So, looks like we have. Is he better? Is he better than Uncle Howdy? No, that guy's I, a high flying genius. I have no. Oh, geez. I tell you what. He needs to be air traffic control grounded. That man should never be jumping off any. He needs to be talking to Shane McMahon about how to jump off things. Um, by the way, we were talking about PN News earlier. This tank ledger it reminds me a lot of uh, of PN News. So if you get a chance, he's on NXT. Take a look at him and uh, let me know what your thoughts are on that. I think NXT's got some really good guys like Wesley and Von Wagner. I think they're really, really good. Um, I think Tony D'Angelo is really good on there. So... I feel like NXT has a lot of talent, but I just don't feel like the show is put together very well. I really do you don't. Think that is? I think because Triple H is not really involved in it. Okay, fair enough. I think it's because Shawn Michaels has been left to his own. What do they call that? He's been left to his own device devices, and I don't really think his devices are quite working out the way that they should be. All right, let's move back on to the card. Um, and then finally, we have the championship match. There's not many matches on the Rumble. So we had Kevin Owens taking on Roman Reigns for the championship. I like this match tremendously. This was a great match. Now, do you like the match? Or, okay, I'm leaving no, the I match like in, the, in the segment, the storyline, 
separate. Okay, fair. Carry on. I apologize. So the mat, you're very welcome. Um, so the match itself, the <laughs> the match itself was really good. I thought because I think Kevin Owens definitely injects himself into his storylines really well, and he makes it believable because he reminds me of his intensity a lot like a hangman Adam Page. He really verbally will go after his opponent and dissect them. And I think he did a really good job with this, but I think Kevin Owens can wrestle just about with anybody. He's just that talented in the ring. And I feel like he's more talented than Roman Reigns in the ring. I really feel like Roman Reigns is limited in the ring. I feel like there's about a handful of things that Roman can do, but I don't necessarily feel like he's what we would call a really good all around wrestler. Um, I think he's an entertainer, but I don't necessarily know if I would say he's a great wrestler. Much better um, than he used to be. Oh, but that sure. Absolutely. For that. I remember when he was literally getting booed when he couldn't talk on the mic mm-hmm. uh, and people were just chewing his butt out, but he's gotten much, much better but they've really positioned him to be more of a character. I mean, I think that's why they use this bloodline thing because it accentuated his positives and it, and it hid his negatives. He could be a character that domineering character doesn't have to say a lot because Paul Heyman speaks for him, but when he does speak, he can still have that furrowed brow, that grimace look with the lay around his neck. And then you have Jimmy and Jay who would basically be his, his, um, his henchman who would do most of the work, you know, and then Sokoa as well brought him up from NXT. He's kind of doing the same thing, you know, and what's the phrase he says, uh, honor me or, um, Oh shit. What's the phrase he uses? What's the uh, phrase, but, I don't know. but what's the phrase? What's Roman Reigns's phrase? Well, let's see what Google says. I can't remember. I didn't see. I'm not a really good wrestling fan if I'm botching these things. Roman Reigns. Okay, phrase. What's this? Not, not honor me, but um, oh, this is friggin' terrible. Yeah, I'm gonna let you look that up. Look, so uh, I love the match itself. I thought the match was good. I love Kevin Owens. I really feel like Kevin Owens deserves another opportunity when it comes to being a champion, and I think that will happen again down the line. I don't think it's gonna happen right now. I do foresee Roman losing both championships. Um, and then we'll see where things go. Now, you mean I do acknowledge me, acknowledge me. Yeah. Acknowledge me, acknowledge the, the leader, whatever the, whatever it is. The head of the table, head of the table. I got to carry this show. You do. So it's also called the beard over them. Why, why not? Um, okay. So anyway, that's his phrase. So I liked the match. I thought the match was really good. I would give the match an A for Kevin Owens working his ass off. Now, let's separate that. The match is over. Kevin Owens ends up getting handcuffed to the top rope, Mm -hmm. gets the ever-loving tar beat out of him. And then it becomes a situation where it's almost like a gang thing. You know, the Usos, they do their thing. But then it's looked upon as, all right, Sammy, you had a relationship with this guy, right? And it was almost during the match when he was trying to tell the bloodline, enough's enough, right? He's had enough. And he even said that in the ring when the match was over. All right, guys, no more. He's had enough. 
It's over. You won. You proved yourself. And that's when you started to get the feeling that he was not really on par with this. Like his memories of his past friendship with Kevin Owens was still very much there. And when he swung that chair, dude, I did not know he was going to do that. That surprised me. That surprised me. I didn't think Sammy was going to go against Roman. I thought he was going to, you know, back down again because Roman and he went forehead to forehead, right? And it looked for a split second that Sammy was firing up on him, but then it kind of like got extinguished and he was like, all right, all right, all right. I get it. I get it. I get it. But then it was just like Roman kept talking trash. Roman turns around and that was Sammy's opportunity and he did his thing and, Wow, was that not incredible? I mean, he does get laid out, but what an incredible way to end the Bloodline storyline uh, as it involved the honorary Oos, uh, Sami Zayn. What was your thoughts when you were watching this uh, this match first? Give me your thoughts on the match, and then give me your thoughts on the storyline afterwards. Uh, match was good. Kevin Owens has great matches with anything and anybody. Give him a popsicle stick. He'll put off a match and he'll be entertained. It's all get out. He's that good. But much like you said, works his guts out every match. You know, makes everybody look good. He looks good. Beautiful. To me, the match is second to the story. Oh, I agree. And the match was very good. I'm not saying it wasn't. Yes. But the aftermath was on another level. I honestly, that was one you you got goosebumps. You, mm-hmm. you got invested in that, and when Sammy pushed that lick on Roman, oh buddy, like that just that just draws you in. Like yeah, lay it in there, right? He pushed the chair across him, and it's fat. And then you know he's gonna get the tar beat out of him. But then when um uh, was it Jimmy or Jay left, um. Whatever one of them walked out because you know he's getting partial to to Sammy or whatnot. It just your story develops so much from that. You can go so many different routes. That that's not over, obviously. No, that's not, not the all. end of this feud. I would be. I think it's going to turn into something along the lines of Usos versus Sammy and KO. Uh, I think we we thought it was last was the last week we talked about that on the show or the week yes. before one or the other. That's what I think is going to come to this, and you're going to have some good matches, man. I agree. The four of them, they can tear the house down any night they feel like it, right? Because Sammy's the guy that's overlooked a little bit. He's better than he gets credit for. I agree. Right. So I yeah, I, I just think. Uso. Pardon me. Jay Uso. It was it was Jay the left, mm-hmm. right? So that's that just opens up so much, gives you so many opportunities, different ways to run with it. You could do something completely dick, ridiculous, you know. So you do the Usos versus Sammy and Kevin, you know. Jimmy cracks Jay with a super kick by mistake, something like that. You might get a little bit of a a small feud there. The Usos. No longer tagging together for a little bit. You got a, an instant feud there. You got a bit of a disagreement. Roman's got to try to be peacekeeper type of thing between those two, or Roman could just throw his hands up and be like, you know what? You two idiots, sort it out yourself. 
beat the crap out of each other, figure out what you want to do. You know, or you could just run straight feud, tag team feud. Because, I mean, Roman's going to be taking on Cody, most likely at Mania, and then Roman's going to take time off. Right, so you have to do something with the Usos. Right, so, you know, it would make sense. You know, you got your feud there, you just keep this going. I'm not sure how you're going to rate Roman off. It's got to be an injury type of thing, one would assume. You can't just come out and be like, yeah, he lost the title tonight, and he's going to take three months off to relax. You got It's got to be something along those lines. But I see well, it turning well, into a tag hurt team character. No. No, you, but it, you just have it go as an injury. Right. Rather, he does something completely stupid and you suspend him. That's kind of a bit played out, but it could happen. It is wrestling after all. You know, Cody beats him. Roman snaps, racks him up with a chair. I don't know, you suspend him or, you know, Triple H comes out. Roman spazzes on him too, cranks him with a chair. And they suspend him for something. I don't know. That'd be a bit weak. I don't, I hope that's not what they do, but it could make sense. Right? I don't know. What do you think is going to come of it all? I don't know. I don't know how they're going to officially write Roman off of, of TV. I mean, obviously, when you look at it, he's definitely going to he's going to he's going to turn the belts over to somebody, and I feel like Cody's going to be one of them. But who's going to be the other one? And I have a problem because I know that I've read a lot of things. I don't know if you've read this as well, but WWE, even though Sammy is red hot right now, I feel like they're hesitant to put the belt on him. For the simple fact fact that they don't see really Sam this whole thing going super far with Sammy, like is Sammy something that can sustain a long run, or do you think Sammy's hot right now because he's in this particular storyline? Well, you can work with Sammy, but Sammy came out and said himself that he couldn't be a face of the of WWE. He he said that himself. I think that's selling himself short. Yep, probably, but. If he wrestled Sammy like can El put Dinerico, off great matches, but where he's going to fall a little bit short, I think, because he's not—he doesn't have the look, he doesn't have the good body, he doesn't have. So I think that would be the the only thing that'll hold him back. He's good on the mic, right? He he the the facial expressions—you can see the emotion in his face, even if he doesn't say nothing. You can look at back who he's feeling that. That is hitting him right in the feels, right? So I mean, that part is great. You know, he can wrestle. I mean, good Lord, look back at his El Generico stuff. That was fantastic. I know that's been a while, but he can still wrestle. He hasn't, he hasn't slowed down none, right? He, but I just, I don't think he would ever get over as the face. So you said, obviously, he doesn't have the body. He's got a Canadian body. <laughs> Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, come on. They're both Canadian. I mean, you do have Bret Hart. I will give you that. You do have Owen Hart. Uh, who else do you have from Canada? Let's just take a peek here. Oh, Famous... um, what's that? Uh, oh, you guy? Had... He's, he's a little bit overrated. Um, oh, yeah, Kenny Omega. <sighs> he's really good. Uh, overrated is a lot of horseshit. Okay, wrestlers from Canada. Let's let's run down this list. 
We got Trish Stratus, okay. Natty Nyhard, Chris Benoit, Roddy Piper, Owen Hart, Tyson Kidd, Edge, uh, Jay uh, Ruzo, who is uh, Christian, Maurice, uh, Harry Hart, Eric Young, Bobby Roode, Rocky Johnson, Peace Andrew Test Martin, Steve Carino, Abdul the Butcher, Stu Hart, Earthquake, Vampiro, Petey Williams, Tarzan Tyler, Ronnie Garvin, Teddy Hart, Gail Kim, Moondog Kim, Gene Kanitsky, yada yada, Scott Demore. Okay. Whatever. Pierre Carl Ouellette. He's got a great body. The Rougeos. Okay. All right. Fine. I was just trying to make a point here. But there's a sure. hell of a lot of talent come from Canada. It is. No, oh, no, hell of a lot of talent, but I'm just saying, you talk about he doesn't have the body. I threw him and Kevin Owens in the same category. I thought I would just kind of go with that, but obviously there's no really no one else that I can really mention. So, Abdullah Butcher had a great physique. He had a six keg, so. Fair. He definitely did. All right, so uh, done talking about W. Holy shit. How far into this are we? What is the oh, screen? I, I don't know anymore. For Jesus, it's 11 o'clock at night. Oh, my God. We normally would be done by this time. Um, we got through the Rumble. We did get through the Royal Rumble, which was good. I almost feel like we need to do. Okay, let's get let, let's talk about this. Um, Let's talk about. um. Let's talk about Cody for a second here. I know we talked about him winning the Rumble. You feel like Cody's going to be the guy who is going to be able to be a long-sustaining champion for a year or longer? Hmm. Meaning winning it at WrestleMania, keeping it until the following WrestleMania, or do you think at the end of the day, it will not be his first title run will not last a full calendar year. And if it's not, who could potentially be the person to take the belt off of Cody? If he's going to lose it, he's going to lose it to Austin theory. Okay. I think he holds it for a year. I think he'll go to mania to mania. Okay. And so you think another year of WWE grooming Austin theory, Austin theory comes up and Austin theory is the guy who dethrones Cody. Yes, they'll start that feud in eight or nine months' time from now, providing no no injuries, so on and so forth. They're Correct. In perfect world, okay. In eight, nine, ten months' time from now, that's when you're going to start your your bit of a feud. Uh, Cody's going to keep it from Mania to Mania. He's going to he'll still have it at Mania next year, and then. Maybe a couple months after that, he's going to lose the belt. That'll be the next big pay-per-view after Mania. You know all that stuff. Uh, I believe it is No Way Out. Um, I believe that's the fall. or No, it's WrestleMania Backlash. I apologize. WrestleMania okay, yep, Backlash. Next big one. Next one. That... Yes. Oh, next one after that? Okay, so that's in... SummerSlam would be next. No? No. There's going to be another one. Um, let's see here. Let me let me pull this up here. So here's the 2023. I know there's another Saudi thing in between. Well, it's which, not going. It won't happen there. No, it's not going to happen there. All right. So the Royal Rumble already happened. Elimination Chamber is happening in February in Montreal, 
And then uh, WrestleMania happens April 1st and 2nd. What happens after that? Come on. I want to say it's WrestleMania Backlash is going to be happening. So, and then after that, crap. Um, I don't think it's, I think there's another one between that and, uh, and SummerSlam. Because you wouldn't go, let's say, April. I mean, because isn't SummerSlam normally in August? July. Uh, I don't know. Isn't it? Uh, well, you're, you're not going to have the title change hands at Backlash. Oh, of course not. Right. So it's it's going to be one of the big pay-per-views. Right. No, I agree with that. I'm trying to think of where. Okay, hold on. Let me see if I got something here. So, wow, this is really interesting. So it basically says, maybe they don't have it. So it says, uh, so WrestleMania, and this is by CBS Sports, April 1st and 2nd is WrestleMania. And then it says, that's in April. And then it says July 1st, WWE Money in the Bank, London. I don't necessarily know that would be the thing. This is CBS Sports, and this was just written eight hours ago. Why do I feel like there would be something else? There has to be. That we're missing here. I feel like we're missing something, but... We have to be. Okay, so what do we have here? Let's see. So your next pay-per-view is NXT Vengeance. Right, but we're not counting that. I know, but I'm, I'm working on it here. Then you got your Elimination Chamber. February 18th in Montreal. Then, then you got Mania. Yeah. Have you seen the Mania um, poster yet? Uh, I have. And then... You see what I'm saying? Hatches oh. automatically jumps. Let's see. Oh my. Yeah. Because it goes it goes WrestleMania, but then theoretically the next ones that happen is going to be NXT Spring Breaking, which is going to be in May, and then you have NXT in your house, which is going to be happening in June, and then obviously July is the next one for the main roster, which will be Money in the Bank. Then you have the Great American Bash, which is supposed to be happening. Uh, see, this is freaking weird. So you have Money in the Bank, which is July 1st from the O2 Arena in London. And then all of a sudden, you have the Great American Bash for NXT that's happening, obviously, that weekend as well. SummerSlam happens in, well, it says it's tentatively scheduled for July or August. But if you have Money in the Bank happening on July 1st, you are not going to be having SummerSlam also in July. So that's going to be August. Yep. Um, after SummerSlam, you're going to have NXT Heat Wave, which could be in August as well. NXT then presents Halloween Havoc, which is going to be in October. And then next November is the next Crown Jewel from Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. We then have Survivor Series, which is going to be... Uh, see, that's the other thing that doesn't make any sense. Because if you have... Crown Jewel in, well, I guess maybe not. They could have Crown Jewel and Survivor Series in the same month, couldn't they? Why not? I guess so, because Crown Jewel is not a major PPV event. 
no, uh, Survivor Series. Some people are not going to be on that show. Yeah, for, for numerous reasons, we're not going to go down that road. But correct. All right. So yeah. So that looks like uh, from WrestleMania, you have two NXTs. You have an NXT in May. You have an NXT in June. And then the very next one you're going to have is Money in the Bank. So I guess they got rid of WrestleMania Backlash. Um, so shame on me for not getting that correct. Yeah. So Money in the Bank is actually on Canada Day. Just so you know. The hell's that? Let's say Canada Day. Wait, I, have no, I have no idea what the hell Canada like Day 4th is. It's 4th of July. Oh, okay. Fourth just Canadian and better. Uh, it is. I don't know about all that. Oh, it's definitely Canadian. We. Canada. Oh, I have no doubt it's Canadian. I have no doubt about that. But I mean, we left England. We came over here. So I don't know what you guys did, but we came over here. We got the job done. North America. This is our house. Okay. Um, well, sure wish I had some booze in this bottle. <laughs> So just to kind of recap the Cody segment, we, we do feel like Cody is going to be the guy we think uh, we, I think we agree in general that he'll he- hold the championship from WrestleMania to WrestleMania. I think that's not, you know, unlikely to happen. You think the guy who's going to take it off of him would be Austin theory. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know. I feel like he's going to have other title defenses against some pretty prominent names, but I think he's always going to come out on top. I would wonder if they would ever put Brock Lesnar against a Cody Rhodes, because if you put Brock Lesnar against Cody Rhodes, that would be really hard to see Cody Rhodes overcome someone like a Brock Lesnar. That'd be really hard in my eyes to see somebody say, no, Cody goes over Brock. That just would be a stretch. If you for look me. for, if you, if you want to play the real life, you know, you're looking at it from a real life aspect. There's nobody going over Brock. Realistically. No. I mean, you know, Bobby Lashley, you know, he was a wrestler too. He was MMA. Yeah, but he's that brooding but, bad dude. You know, but it's... So if you, if you want to look at it from that standpoint, but it's wrestling. Uh, Rey Mysterio beat the Big Show. First of all, Big Show in WWE was not the giant that was in WCW where he was a monster. This guy just was like a a caricature of himself. Sadly. Yeah. So the guys I see Cody having some matches if he has title defenses. Okay. AJ Styles, I see that being a match. A great match, yes. Um, I see having him having Austin Theory, obviously. I see him Bronson Reed. So there's three. I see Cody having a title defense. Let me see here. Jeez. Um, so I named three people. So I got to get him through 12 months, roughly. Uh, who else can I see him having a feud with? Shit. Finn Balor. Seth, again? Sir, we went to the well too many times on that. Good matches, though, man. I mean, they're, it was. But it's great matches. Four, five would be Kevin Owens. Six would be Johnny Gargano. That, that um, would happen. Um, don't roll out Montez Ford. Let's see. 
Let's see who else. Who else can I get in here? Not Randy Orton. Um, gosh, who else do I think on Raw could, could he could get a good title defense against? Healthy Matt Riddle. I mean, the Matt Riddle situation is interesting because I think Matt Riddle's good, but I just don't know where all this goes. Like, I don't know what's going to happen with him if he's going to lose a lot of momentum because of what he did. Plus, by the way, I really feel like WWE is kind of a hypocrite. You know, they, they choose to get rid of people when they want to when they fail drug policies. But then, yet, Matt Riddle had his strikes against him, but yet, oh, we amended the policy, so he's going to be okay. I feel like that's a little bit of a bogus thing. Um, it's wrestling, Freeland. It is. It's all bullshit. Um, I think it would be really interesting, just on the microphone, The Miz. I like The Miz. I think The Miz versus Cody would be fun to see. I think the Miz. Uh, we're gonna totally disagree on this one. I think he's underrated. I I really enjoy the Miz. You're, I think you're, he's fantastic. You're putting the Miz in the freaking WWE Hall of Fame. Hundred percent. Oh my god. No, hundred percent. I am not even continuing this conversation. The Miz it's, in the it's Hall. It's okay of to be wrong, Mike. Nothing wrong with that, buddy. So. Speaking of the Hall of Fame, did you hear the conversation? D'Lo Brown was asked about whether he thinks he would be in the Hall of Fame. Okay. I'm going to repeat that again because I think it's worth it. D'Lo <laughs> Brown, Mr. Whatever the hell that I just, wow, I just got lightheaded doing that. That should never happen again. Um, but no, he, he even admitted, he said he thought he was a good wrestler, but Hall of Fame means you were a great wrestler. And I think he's very humble in saying, I was never at that level. Now, he did say that he thought the Nation of Domination as a faction should be inducted into the Hall of Fame. But he said, I would not be included in the Hall of, in the uh, Nation induction. Why not? He, he thinks it would be... Let's see here. Obviously, Farouk, The Rock, and... The Godfather. Mark Henry, maybe Godfather. I'm trying to remember who he said, but he said that he does not see himself um, as a Hall of Famer, even in a faction. What is your thoughts on D'Lo Brown saying, I agree, I'm not a Hall of Famer? He's not a Hall of Famer on his own. Well, I think he is a much better wrestler than some people that are in the Hall of Fame. I don't think he is a Hall of Famer on his own. Now, as a member of the Nation of Domination, that's a no-brainer to me. I think that's simple, cut, and dry. Okay, here's what he said to Sports Kita on a potential induction to the Hall of Fame. He said, and I quote, You always want to be with the best and the greatest, and I would love being a Hall of Famer. I think I'm in the Hall of Very Good. I don't think I'm a Hall of Famer. I don't think it – I did think it was a long shot for me if I were ever to get in, but that's just my opinion. Now, he then commented on the Nation of Domination, so here's the exact quote. It would have to be the combination of Ron Simmons, The Godfather, uh, Mark Henry, The Rock, and then me. I think that's the people most associated with the Nation of Domination. And don't get me wrong, I love Owen Hart as well. But to be in there with us because I love Owen Hart, um, but don't sleep on Savio Vega and Crush as well. And I think one of those uh, should resonate with them as well. So 
Quick question, Nation of Domination. As a faction in the Hall of Fame, yes or no? Oh, for sure. For sure. Okay. Then if you say yes to that, the oddities. The oddities? You're joking, right? Well, you're going to fucking put the Nation of Domination in. I'm going to throw out the oddities because I feel like if you put one in, the other one's just as equally associated. No, I don't want to do this show anymore. Just saying. If you're going to talk nonsense like that, the oddities. I've been talking nonsense the for many odd- years. Kerrigan. The oddities. Yeah. Earthquake when he had that mask Olga? on. Olga? Olga? Yes. Yeah. Those The oddities. Those people. Well. Michael. Hey, I'm just saying. No, I'm throwing Come out Come on, stuff. buddy. Come on. You're talking nonsense. All right. Well, let's talk about this then. So the Nation of Domination, you think. So Demolition is in the Hall of Fame. But it, was Crush officially a part of that, or was it just Axe and Smash? I didn't know they were in the Hall of Fame. I didn't think they were. Not well, even, Evie not... had a big falling out with Vince. He Billy. did. I know. He did. I okay. No, they were. Being honest, I believe they are in the Hall of Fame. Get get, get on your computer right now. I'm see if they're in the Hall of Fame. So, next thing is, do you see the New Day at some point being in Hall of Fame? Uh yeah, probably. Do you see the Shield? Yes. I see. Okay. Uh, is the Heart Foundation in the Hall of Fame as the Heart Foundation? I don't know if the they are. The tag team is. The tag, I mean the whole faction. DX is in. We already so. knew that. Neither do I. Uh, the NWO is, but it's just Hall, Nash, and Hogan. Um, Why is that? Why is what? Why is it just Hall, Nash, and Hogan? Well, they were the founders. So like when you put DX in, so what you when you put DX in, it's going to be Sean. Well, I mean, I guess Sean, Triple H, X Pac, Road Dog, and Badass Billy Gun Five. I don't know. It's just the way it is. Who else would you put in the NWO as the? If you're going to include people, you including everyone. Well, then everybody gets into the Hall of Fame. Well, that's my point. Virgil would get in at that point. Three hundred and four members at one point. It's a freaking great faction. Probably the greatest faction in the history of wrestling. <laughs> because they were every wrestler in See, the history true. of wrestling. And Demolition mm-hmm. is not in the Hall of Fame. That's bullshit. I don't know what to tell you, Michael. WWE factions in the 90s. Who else do we got? Let's see. I don't want to talk about just the greatest. I want to find some other people. Okay, so here's a question for you. Why the Twin Towers not in the WWE Hall of Fame? You got Big Boss Man and Akeem, the African Dream. Why are they not in? That's actually a good question. No, they were pretty popular. They were, they were pretty good. Right? Just That's a good question. How much do you think it's got some politicking going on? It's, oh, there's a bunch of politics that go on. Hell yeah, there is. I mean, they were they were a big deal. They were very why popular. are the why are the rockers not in? Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty. Because of Marty Jannetty. Screw it. 
It's Marty freaking Gennetti, man. Shawn Michaels and Marty Gennetti should be in. Well, they were never champions. Sato and Tanaka. Orient Express. Whoa. Pump the brakes, bud. Why are we not putting... Uh, choppy, new, choppy, PP. The choppy, choppy... That, well, no, that was Kai and Tai. Well, Is Kai and Tai going to be going in the Hall of Fame? No. Yeah, I don't think so. No PP stuff going in the Hall of Fame. What about uh, the new foundation? Which was, as as Bobby Heenan would say, it was uh, they must have just woke up because they're still in their pajamas. So it was Jim the Anvil Nyhart and Owen Hart, the new foundation. No. What about the Beverly Brothers? No. You don't put the Beverly Brothers in, but you somehow put the Bushwhackers in. Bushwhackers are entertaining. I liked them when I was a young fella. Is the word fella a Canadian thing I'm noticing? I don't know why do I say it a lot. You do. Is that a Canadian thing? I don't know. I think it might be. I think it Maybe. might be. Uh, let's see here. Let's see who else. Once again, we're going on a huge tangent, guys. We never even planned on talking about people who should be in the Hall of Fame or not. But somehow, one thing has led to another, and now we're down this dirty, dirty, filthy avenue. Um... Are the Killer Bees in the Hall of Fame? I think they are. The Bushwhackers. Are the Rougeos in? No, they're not. Nope, they should be. Are the Quebecers in? No. Should be. Is the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov in together? Is the Dream Team of Brutus the Barber, Beefcake, and Greg Valentine in? The Islanders? No. Los Conquistadors? No. What about the Mega Bucks? Teddy uh-huh. Biasi and Mega Bucks. Teddy Biasi and um, Andre the Giant. What about the Powers of Pain? I actually like the Powers of Pain, but they're Warlord and Barbarian. They were entertaining. I liked them. But what no, they'll the, never be in the Hall of Fame. The Mega Power Strike Force. No. The Bolsheviks. The Bullshits. Who? Stop it. Sorry. The Brain Busters. Oh, they'll never get in because Tully couldn't pass a piss test. The Colossal Connection? Who's the Colossal Connection? It's a combination of who and who. I don't know. Andre and... Kamala. Hawk. Kamala. You're ridiculous. He was a big man. The Twin Towers, absolutely. The Twin Towers should be in. What about Rhythm and Blues? Honky Tonk Man and Hammer? Yeah, the Moondogs. I think the, I, th- no, I don't think the Moondogs are in. The Can-Am Connection. I knew the Rock and Roll Express are in. Yes. Even with... Uh, Corny? No, not with Corny, but uh, Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson. Oh, sorry, um, I was thinking... And only one of Robert's yeah. eyes really knows they're in the Hall of Fame. The other one's busy. That's atrocious. What's wrong with you? <sighs> That's a lot. Uh, the Wild Samoans are in King Kong Bundy. Why is is King Kong Bundy in the WWE Hall of Fame? Do you have that that up he right now? Has to be. Check it out. See if he is. We're working on it. God, there's so many tangents we go on. This is ridiculous. This is why we can't stick to a friggin' format. I don't know why we try. Ah, this is crazy. So we talked about Sami Zayn being overlooked. We talked about that. We talked about Cody. We talked about the Royal Rumble. 
Um, as you're looking that up, I want to bring up another topic here that's interesting. I want to talk about a woman who we haven't seen for a while, and I felt like she was really at one point super over in AEW, and that was Thunder Rosa. And obviously she had her weekly spot that she'd have on Busted Open Radio, but there's been a lot of rumor and speculation that's gone on about her. And the way she dropped the title, obviously she was given a very short promo to drop the title. She was very upset the fact that CM Punk got 11 minutes to drop the title. She got less than 30 seconds before a commercial break. Tony Khan just said, you know what? It, it really depends on who's going to move the ratings. And a Thunder Rosa relinquishing the championship is not going to draw eyes. So many people are wondering how bad really was Thunder Rosa. Some people uh, within the wrestling dirt sheets believe that she wanted just some time away from AEW. Maybe she was injured, but maybe not as bad as she claims it to be. Either way, Thunder Rosa is now back on social media and she's mentioning that before she comes back to AEW, she wants to work on her promo skills. She feels like she'd like to get over more with the audience and to be allotted more TV time, which is fine. I think that is something every wrestler should aspire to do is improve their character, get better on the microphone, right? Increase their stock within the company. But I also feel like in some ways the company has kind of moved on since Thunder Rosa has been gone. I think, you know, you saw the evolution of Jamie Hayter. I think that's been a big transition right there. Soraya is officially in here. Um, one girl who I know is going to be coming back who was in line for a big push was Chris Statlander. She's clearly going to be back. I feel like the women's division is doing okay, and they're doing just fine. Um, do you think but that Thunder Rosa is missed right now in AEW, or do you feel like, you know what, if she comes back, great. If she doesn't come back, eh, it's not really a big deal. She's not missed because she's been replaced. Now, with that said, that's a disappointment because she can wrestle. She can wrestle. I, I agree. Her Brits match was amazing. And that was a match. damn good match. Yes, it was. So I think if she comes back, there's something going on there. Oh, there's more than just this injury. There, I, I do there, feel like there's, there's, something, there's else. something. I don't know what it is. I have, you know, I don't know anybody to be insider knowledge or nothing. This is just common sense. Mm -hmm. There is something. There is more to this than what is being said. But she was over. And then all of a sudden she gets a couple minutes and she's buried and she's gone and that's it. And there's something. There's something. This is not just an injury thing. I, I do not believe that. Now the rumor was she was also milking the injury. So maybe that's got a little bit to do with it. Who knows? I don't know. You don't know. Probably never ever really know the story behind it. But yeah, she's not missed right now. She's been replaced, unfortunately. AEW Women's Division, a lot of good talent there. Sure. Right? But I think she'll come back. And I think she'll put out some great matches and she'll be she'll become relevant to them. But I don't think she's gonna walk in and be challenging right at the top instantly. No. I think no. she's gonna have to earn it. I would agree with that. I mean, you got people like and I was never a big fan of Anna Jay or Ty Mello. 
but I have started to come around on both of them. I really started to, I was like, you know what? They seem like they're just extras, extra valets and whatnot. And they would wrestle, but I really wouldn't take it super seriously, but I'm starting to come around on them. And obviously Athena, the ring of honor world champion. I think she's freaking amazing. Britt Baker. We don't need to say anything more about her. Uh, recently, Emi Sakura has had a great match. Our is really good. Willow is friggin'. I, Man, I love Willow. I would love Ruby to see Soho. Willow. Ruby is definitely coming around as well. Uh, we talked about Jamie Hayter. I want to see um, Layla Hirsch come back. I'm, you know me. I'm always a big yeah. fan of Layla Hirsch. Um, I want to see her come back. Are you changing your thought process on Jade Cargill? Are no. you starting to come around no. to her? No. A little bit. No. Slightly. Nothing. You're considering it. No. It's a random thought. Never. Okay. Just thought I'd check. No. Nope. Um, <laughs> In case I didn't make that clear. No. No, you did. You definitely okay. did. I definitely think that, like I said, Timelo is great. I want to see more of Serena Deeb. I want to see more of her. I really want to see more of her. Um, Tony Storm, I feel like, is kind of cooling off a little bit. And obviously, they're doing this whole AEW Originals versus the Outsiders, if you've noticed this. So I feel like there's going to be some type of, of feud that's going to be building up. And some people actually believe that there will be a women's version of Blood and Guts. And I want to get your take on this. So if they do like an AEW Originals versus, you know, the girls who've come from other promotions, do you think they should do a women's Blood and Guts? Or do you think that they should hold that just for the guys and do those in very unique special circumstances? Not all at once. Not all at once. Look at you. Deep thought. I'm, I'm having trouble with this one, Mike. Um, you know what? Yeah, do it. Do, do the blood and guts. I, I'm i warm. No, forget it. Hold on do a it. second. Do you like women bleeding? <laughs> wow. Oh. Uh, with wrestling? Do you like that? Oh, or do you feel like it's wrong? I'm to ask that question, I don't think. Because uh, I know some people do not like women blading in in. I I don't mind it, but I don't want to see it be a bloodbath. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't want to see it be a vicious bleeding. I no, that I don't like. I well, I don't know if you've noticed this, but the women typically hard weigh each other when it comes to bleeding. That's their kind of their go to thing. All these girls who bled. They've gotten the snot beat out of them, and that's why they have bled. Yeah. So I just like with the well, we'll we'll go back to um, Britt and Thunder Rosa. Yeah, that was a very good match, and it was blood, but it wasn't over the top. It wasn't gratuitous. Britt, like Britt bled. She did. She she had the crimson mask, but it wasn't puddles of blood everywhere. She like. Oh my God! It's Eddie Guerrero again. Like, oh my God! You you're bringing up was out. it Eddie Guerrero JBL? JBL or was no Muda or so? Like you know, it was never that vein you know, was it, spurting. That was wow. I don't want to see. I don't want to see the men do that though. To be quite honest with you, not like that. Like blood in a match doesn't fizz me. Laws is not just a complete slaughter. Like there's there's a point. That's all. No, but like women, you know, with chair shots or you no know, 
more your hardcore type of mattress. That doesn't fizz me. I, I don't mind that at all. Right, just as long as it's not too just puddles of blood everywhere, and that's too much for me. Now, why is it different for you seeing women bleed than it is guys? I don't know if it's necessarily that much different. I don't want to see the guys bleeding to death either. So are you on the same page as like, hey, John Moxley, please stop bleeding as much as you do? Because that's a big thing. People are getting a little sick and tired of seeing John Moxley bleed. Well, I mean, he bleeds every match. He bleeds every match. He's like, is yeah. is he the new modern day Ric Flair? Ooh. Ooh, I mean, with bleeding. Ric Flair walked into the arena and started bleeding. He so did. That's a different story. He did. Mox blades too much. Fair enough. Because you, we've had this discussion. You've had every discussion. Well, who are we kidding here? We talk about random stupid shit all the time on the show and, and not on the show. To me, blading, or not just blading, hard weighing, whatever, getting color, it needs to be a treat. That sounded really twisted to put it that way. But if you do it all the time, the, the shock and awe to his, nah, yep, I'm putting on Dynamite Winston 8. Mox is going to bleed. This person's going to bleed. That person's going to bleed. It doesn't have the same payoff. Because you, you just become desensitized to it. You, you expect it. You're almost bored with it. Versus right. if you're watching and you see somebody bleeding, so whoo, you know. Then you, ah, crap, did I miss? Did they get hard weight or did they blade? You know, it's, you can't have it all the time. Same with the, with gimmick matches. You can't have gimmick matches all the time because then they get boring. Make, I don't make like it, make it a treat. No, well, when I say gimmick matches, I'm talking like ladder matches. Oh, I see. Yeah. I, I don't have a Not, problem with ladder matches. No, but uh, when I say a gimmick match, I mean like, your ladder matches, your, you know, whatever. We're not talking your gimmick matches like mud wrestling in WWE back in the day or jello wrestling or whatever hell it was. Are we talking about like the the Orange Cassidy, Chris Jericho, Mimosa match? That's I don't ever want to see that again. That was kind of dumb. I'm that not going to lie to you. No, when, when I say a gimmick match, I mean like your ladder matches, your, you know, uh, your battle royals, your, your like a, a TLC, uh, something like that, a last person standing match, a no DQ match. Not see, like, I don't have not a problem like full with them. Gimmick. I don't have a problem with them, but I don't want to see them every single week because then they're not special anymore. Okay. Right. No, I don't have. I have, not at all. Do I have a problem with them? I enjoy them. But if you see it every week or every second or third week or whatever, then it's ho-hum. Yep, seen this last month. It just It's not the same. That's, that's my opinion. So what I would say, the matches that I'm not a fan of, did you ever see the gimmick match, the reverse battle royal in TNA? No, we had to throw people into the ring? Yes. No. Never seen that. I don't want to. It's fucking stupid. It was dumb. Everyone was hanging around the ring, and then people were trying to get in the ring. 
and people were pulling him out. That is the dumbest concept. Sorry, Scott Demore. I don't know who came up with that, but it was dumb. Here's that's another bad. thing that's dumb. Anything on a poll. I'd watch coal miners glove on a pole match for how many nostalgia factor. But they haven't had one of them in 30 years, Mike. How, but coal miners? Why not? What, what, how many people know? Oh, yeah, man, I tell you what, it's gonna be crazy. We gotta settle this feud with a glove. Like, what? How many coal miner glove matches can you name? I'm, you know what? I'm gonna Google this. shit. I know I've seen them, but I couldn't. That was they were a long time ago, Mike. Oh, they haven't oh, had them in that long. Nope, nope, you're not getting out of this one. I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna Google this because I'm gonna find out how many matches there were. Well, it's been a while. Give me one. Give me one. You I can bring tell you gimmick, one. You got to give me it then. No, I don't give you nothing. I'll give you a hard time. Uh huh. Give me the coal miners. Coal miners glove. I'm sure Dustin Reynolds, Dustin Rhodes, he had one. Sure, shooting, he had one. I don't think, well, I don't know if the, so, so just to kind of wet your whistle, Sting had one and he, it was Sting and Jake Roberts. So yes, they had one. I don't also like flag on a pole matches against opposing countries. That's stupid. Um, I didn't like lead pipe on a pole. Um, where's all these crowbars? Did you, did you like Judy Bagwell in a cage? That was dumb. That was the rest in peace, Judy Bagwell. You know, she's no longer with us. I actually didn't know that. Yeah, she's no longer with us. Um, oh, I'm a dickhead. No, it just, you just mentioned it. Here we go. Coal miner glove matches. Jeez, I can't even believe I'm looking this up. The government's never going to look at me for anything. If they're like looking at my, hist- my uh, history on Google, they'll be like, this guy's weird. He's not dangerous, but he's just weird. Um, Okay, on Friday night in 1972, two professional wrestlers went at it at the Cow Palace for the first ever coal miners glove match. Let's see what else. Who was it? Uh, Let's see. It was the wrestlers Apache Bull Ramos versus Dutch Savage traded blows with fists for 30 minutes at the cow palace. Um, when it was, when the glove was up on a 10 foot pole in the corner. Uh, so they keep talking about this match. Who else? Who else had a good coal miner glove match? Uh, obviously the one with the one I mentioned before. Okay, another during the coal miners glove match happened in Portland wrestling. Uh, the match was against. Uh, let's see who else was in this. Uh, who was in this? Where can I find it? It's not telling me. It's not telling me. Hmm. Interesting. Anyway, there was many of them. I think Randy Savage might have been in a coal miners glove match. No way. Are you versed in coal miner glove match history? No, but are you? 
I'm not. I'm the one trying to read this bullshit. There's no way Macho Man was that old. How do, I don't. I'm, I'm doing the best I can here. I, I know that. Good gracious! If I said Randy Savage, you're like, yeah, bullshit. How do you know it's bullshit? I mean, <laughs> just a feeling I get. Right. My bullshit detector's going off. Have you ever seen the the uh, Randy Savage promo where he cries? No. Okay. You know what? Here's what we're gonna do. Oh, I got an idea. Before I before I do that, let me see if I can find any of these images of coal miner glove matches. There's a lot of them on the independents, but Sting versus Jake Roberts in WCW is probably the most well-known one. But I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to bring up uh, when Randy Savage was crying. I'm going to play the clip for you, too, just because I think it's worth it. So hold on. Hold on to your underwear here. Commercial. (laughs) What? Guarantee. If you're looking up YouTube, it's going to be a commercial. Oh, it, it will. Talking so we can. Owen. Okay, what do you feel about um, TNA did him a lot? The, um, Kevin Sullivan's match, Clockwork Orange. What do you think of those matches? I don't really know what a Clockwork Orange match is. Like Abyss was in a bunch of them. Raven, Kevin Sullivan, uh, Jeff Hardy. Basically a hardcore match. They beat the terror of each other with everything. Um, I'm okay with that. I'm just trying to think of some other matches. What do you think about, like, honestly, like the, the exploding barbed wire death match? Not the AEW one. Like the real ones over in Japan. I'm fine with that as well. Yeah, they didn't bother me either. Didn't bother me at all. All right, so let's let's throw it to Randy Savage. Uh, poof. All right, here we go. Let's see if this is going to pop up without a commercial. All right, here we go. Don't freak out. No confetti. No nothing. For nobody. Situations develop, man. ICW World Champion, Macho Man, Randy Savage. Was the belt defended him with honor. And then all of a sudden, some guy who calls himself the one-man gang, who's that dynasty? I still have the attitude and the gut to make me a super ball player and world champion professional wrestler. And they fired my manager, Steve Cooper. Carmen. But I'm gonna stand up tall, man. Six two two 
and I stared at a candle for about two hours and got my head together and realized I'm going to have to make it without Cooper because you got suspended. Yeah, we're going to pause that shit right there. Well, that was a... Uh... Yep. That made no sense. Well, he was talking about one-man gang. He was talking about Garvin. Yeah, but... but he was talking about Ronnie Garvin. Yeah. Like, shut up, dude. Seriously. That was weird. It was odd. The promos are usually pretty good. But that he, one was different. He was like an emo scarecrow. Like, I don't know what the hell was going on. It was weird. That was odd. I'm going to have to send that to you so you can watch it. No, it's okay. Yeah, you're not missing anything. Uh, where the hell were we? What were oh, we talking about? We were talking about blading, and then we are talking about women and wrestling, and then gimmick matches and whatnot, and how we would, you know, limit the, the gimmick matches. And, and I, I'm with you on that one. And then you started talking about a Clockwork Orange, and I thought you talked about the movie, and that was not the case. Um, all right, let's talk about this. Let's talk about uh, MJF for, for a moment here. MJF. His current run as AEW champion. What's your take on this? Because, you know, MJF, at least in his character form, is really pushing. Hey, man, I need to be the guy. I need to be the guy. Well, he is the guy now. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that MJF is, is that at least this first title run, is really working? Or do you feel like maybe it, it leaves a lot to be desired? For a first title run, it's excellent. Interesting. So, please back that up and tell me why you think his first title reign is excellent. Generally speaking, first title reign, you work out the kinks, he's learning to be the champion. So, it's not going to be rainbows and unicorns. There's going to be minor hiccups. But he's he's still entertaining as all get out. He's, he's, I would assume, every time you see him on TV, Mike, you're the same as me, you still get pumped for it. Oh, sure I do. You know, Absolutely. some of his promos have been a little long-winded. I will agree. They've been, could have been nipped a little bit shorter, like 15 minutes shorter, a couple of occasions. Right? But he's still been off good matches. Him and Starks is, you know, it, it's been good. He's playing a perfect asshole character. Not that he hasn't always been, but, you know, when your champion's an asshole, it's even better again. He plays it perfect. I think he's done great. Now, if this was his third title reign, I might be a little bit disappointed because it does need more development and needs more more meat on the bone. But for a first title reign, no, young guy learning to be the champion, I think it's been excellent. Nice. How about you? I don't know. Like, I'm not trying to be super critical, but I'm just like, and I think he does believe in his mind. He's a once-in-a-generation talent. I think he does. My opinion, I think that... I think it's been fine, but I haven't really seen, like... Normally, when you when you see someone as champion, it's normally like, oh, my God, this is going to be the person that's going to carry us into wherever. You know, this is going to carry us into the next year plus. And then, But I look at him... And I don't necessarily see somebody that I think is going to be carrying the title and being this strong defending. Ch- I mean, he plays the chicken shit heel. There's no doubt about that. And he plays it well. But I think 
it's all lining up right now. If Daniel Bryan can get through all of his hoops and obstacles, that they're going to have a match, an Iron Man match as what at Revolution. So, I think an Iron Man match is definitely going to look good for him because I think he definitely has the cardio, he has the ability to wrestle. I just don't know if it's a situation of Daniel Bryan's going to outshine him and it's going to show the glaring deficiencies that he has, or if Daniel Bryan is going to be willing to go ahead and kind of check himself and really make this guy into a star. And I feel like Daniel Bryan really should get a shot at carrying the AEW world championship, but I don't necessarily feel like that is the direction that Tony Khan would go in. Would you agree with that? Daniel Bryan is is being used or positioned as someone to help get the younger talent over, but I still feel like at some point he should be able to carry the title. Am, am I wrong in that statement? Or Yes. Sorry, Mike, but yes, I think you are. Because I think he was brought in as... Um... Developmental is not right. That that sounds very bad to one. But to put over the younger talent to do a lot of teaching, he doesn't need to be winning titles anymore. He doesn't need a title. If you make him your champion, does does that affect his legacy? No. Is it going to make your product more popular? No, probably not. I don't think so. You know, we've all seen him as champion before. So I think you'd be further ahead to have your belt on MJF, Ricky Stark, somebody like that, your younger guys who are still developing. You know, um, Brian doesn't need it. It it won't help anything. If he were to get it, it would be a pure transitional champion just as a thank you. Thank you for helping. Thank you for making – whoever opponent X look like a million bucks, you know, but we're going to give you a belt, give you the belt for three months just to show our appreciation. He doesn't need it. There'll be no real payoff to it. So no. Do you, okay. So we talked about how we think that Austin theory is eventually going to be the guy who takes the belt off of Cody. Um, who do you think is eventually going to be the person who takes the belt off of MJF? Hmm. Good question. That's a very good question. And the reason why I asked that is because I feel like I feel like there could be a couple directions they go in. Obviously, Ricky Stark seems pretty obvious. Um, Jungle Boy popped into my head. I. That's the first one popped in my head. I'm not saying it's necessary, but that's what. Do we do we have another run with hangman adam page i think we're kind of done with john moxley being the world champion for a while at least who else do we feel like we could really feel confident in becoming world champion i don't think they're going to do the kenny omega uh, route anymore that's over that's played out he'll he'll never be the champion again well i don't know i wouldn't say never be a long long time but Uh, it's it'll be interesting who else do we feel like could be a real good dominant champion in the men's division in AEW? Who do you, I mean, who do we think? You said Jungle Boy. Powerhouse um, Hobbs. 
I, I think Powerhouse Hobbs, I mean, definitely could be. What about Wardlow? I think Wardlow could be. Um, I just thought of somebody a minute ago, but now my mind is going. Garcia? Um, I think uh, Adam... I know he's Ring of Honor, but, you know. Who? He's in Ring of Honor. He was Who? In Ring of Honor. Daniel Garcia. Daniel Garcia? Um, I think it's too early for Daniel Garcia right now. I just, I feel like, I mean, he's super young to begin with. I feel like you're going to have to have a little bit of gusto behind you on your resume. I still think that Adam Cole is going to win the All-Atlantic. And then I think he's going to make a big push to become AEW world champion. That's my feeling. And I think what's going to happen is when he wins the AEW world championship, I think Kyle O'Reilly is going to be back from injury. And I think Bobby Fish will be back as well. And I think they're going to bring together the, um, the whatever the hell they're called, the undisputed whatever. I think that he definitely has a chance at becoming the world champion. That That's somebody I would put a lot of stock in becoming world champion. Another person I think could become world champion. It's probably not going to happen, but would be Eddie Kingston. I love Eddie Kingston. That never happened. But they're turning Eddie Kingston heel, so I don't necessarily think that would work right now. Um, if they kept him face, Eddie Kingston's never going to be a champion. What do you think now that Keith Lee has broken away from Swerve Strickland? Keith Lee making a push to become AEW world champion? No. And what makes you say no to him? I just don't think Keith Lee's that good. Interesting hot take right there. That he's just not that good. Um, What about Malachi Black? Nope. Okay. He's going to be continue to be in like the trios type of thing. I don't think you're going to see him go on a championship. So you run. think he's going unless, to be unless they break up the House of Black? Okay. What about Samoa Joe? I hope not. I don't know. I think he'd be a great AEW champion. I think he would, but I think they would all benefit better from him being in Ring of Honor. Okay. What about Swerve Strickland? No. Okay, so that's kind of the the gamut that we've run through here. I mean, I Jericho. I don't think you go back to Jericho. You've already went through that well before. I think either you go with Adam Cole, which makes a lot of sense, in my opinion. Um, you go with Danhausen. Who? Danhausen. Get the shit out of here. I'm not even doing I'm not even doing this. I no, I'm I don't get, it's not, I don't get the Danhausen gimmick. I don't He's not funny. I don't think he's I funny. don't understand it. People love him and to each their own. That's the beauty of wrestling. I don't get the gimmick. Neither do I. What about Pack? That's a wild card right there, man. I think Pac definitely could become AEW world champion. I think that would be really cool. Damn good wrestler. D is a damn good wrestler. You know what I was thinking about recently, and I don't know if this is necessarily falls in the conversation of AEW world champion, but you know they're going to probably repackage Luchasaurus without the mask now, right? Well, yeah, because there's something going on with the mask, some copyright thing with the mask going on. Well, I just think it would be better if he was just a regular wrestler and not a fucking dinosaur. 
Like, I'm sorry, but like that was always the big part that I had a problem with. Yeah, like, different. I got problems with mask people. Like, unless it's like, you know, Mexican or in uh, Japan and it like symbolizes something to, to be like a fucking half animal. Like, I'm not into that. It just takes me. It's like the Mantar thing with the big buffalo head. You're not a dinosaur. Like, when he oh. would cut promos, he would refer to himself as a fucking dinosaur. Like, I'm sorry. I can't I can't look at you, you without can't. thinking that it's like Eureka's Castle or some horse shit like that. But seven-year-old Mike Freeland then just cats me out. I don't know. Seven-year-old Mike Freeland was kind of into King Kong Bundy. Fair enough. But well, you know they, what I'm who, saying. Okay, who did they okay? A seven-year-old Mike Freeland. What half person, half animal character was there? So a seven-year-old Mike years Freeland. Ago? Would I don't be, know. Seven okay, so I was born in 81, so seven I would be 1988. Okay, so 1988. Animal wrestlers. I'm putting that in the, the that's Google. gonna get you something. That's gonna give me some weird shit. A and I am you know, that's how you spell animal. Wrestlers. Let's see who was a fucking animal back in the day. Um Georgie Animal Steel. That was a little weird. Like I'm, oh, I don't I like have him. a I don't have a problem with him. Um, who else was an animal? Um, well, obviously not the obvious uh, hawk and animal, but that's not really an animal. Kamala? No, he was just like a Ugandan, like man from the jungle type of thing. Um, I wasn't a cane guy. Um, cane? Glenn Jacobs cane? Yes. Really? I really wasn't into that. So let me put in 1988 WWF roster and see if anybody of an animal. Co Coco beware. He calls himself the bird man. I'm fucking out. That's yeah, weird shit. No, that's different. Um, He's a good wrestler. I mean, Jake the Snake Roberts. I get it. There's an animal that's used in there. Ricky the dragon steamboat. I get that. That was kind of cool. But I don't know. Yeah, but they're not pretending to be a snake or, or a dragon. or um... Correct. Doink the Clown, I actually liked because it was a sadistic clown. And nothing scares people more than a sadistic clown. Okay, so here we go. Here's the roster from 1988. Uh, who was kind of animal-esque? Well, the Killer Bees. That's kind of hokey. They were masks. Um, King Kong Bundy doesn't really fall into that category. Who was animal-esque? Let's see. I guess they really didn't have a whole lot of animal-esque. No. I guess not, but I just can't get into that. I'm half dinosaur shit. No, we're grown men. But kids yeah. would like that. I guess. They would. That's a little weird for me. Well, Mike, you're 44 years old or 42 Shut years old. Shut your mouth. It should be a bit weird. I'm going to send you soap and with a well, fork and a I'm knife. I'm older than you are. Shit. Oh, I know you're older than me. Trust well, me. I'm, I've been looking at you for three one. hours. Mm -hmm. You're, you're going to be 44, aren't you? Yeah, next month. Next month. I'm a spry 41. I'm not even 42 yet. When's your birthday? None of your business. That's not nice. March 17th. Oh. 
Do you celebrate St. Patrick's Day in Canada? Yeah. Of Very course nice. I do. Very nice. Um, all right. I think that's going to pretty much wrap it up here for us. Anything else you want to talk about before we say yes. goodbye? This has been a yes. marathon. Holy shit. Uh, unless you want to talk about it next week, which we can as well. Um, Jay Briscoe, his funeral. Yeah, we don't so we can talk about Jay Briscoe. We just we ran out of time. Okay. Well, let's I know. Next week. We're going to talk about Jay Briscoe next week. Okay. Um, that is going to do it for the Front Row Material brand. Once again, you can catch us anywhere fine podcasts are made available. That is iTunes and Stitcher and FM Player and you name it, Apple iTunes. You can catch us absolutely free. You can download them anywhere. Go ahead and download them. And listen to them when you're at the park, whether you're taking a walk, you're exercising, whatever the hell you're doing. I'm totally cool with you listening to us. Also, if you know a wrestling fan who would be interested in listening to this show just to kill time, maybe you're on a flight somewhere and you're like, oh, my God, I don't watch another in-plane movie or in-flight movie. I want I want to listen to something. Listen to me in the butt. And we'll, we'll talk about all different kinds of things wrestling. We actually stopped the show to Google shit. Like, that's not even going to get edited out. That's just going to stay. Professionals. We are professional podcasters. Oh, my God. If we're professionals, oh, my God. I hate to see who's below us. Um, once again, you can find us anywhere podcasts are available. Go ahead and leave us a comment on iTunes as well. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike, M-I-K-E-F-R-E-L-A-N-D. But where can they find you and follow you? Twitter at Gotnoof2291 at G-O-T-N-E-W-F 2291 and if you're any interested in any wooden toys I have a little wooden toy making business on the side. Catch me on Facebook. CB79 Wooden Toy Maker. It's perfect. You set me up before I could even go into it. Look at you because you're a professional. I have my oh, moments. You do have your money. You're really good. And you're good with wood, too. So once again, if you're interested in wooden toys, the throwback toys that you and I always remember when we were kids, the ones that lasted forever, not the cheap crap they put out these days, that's made out of plastic and toxic chemicals. Only the butt makes the finest toys that your children can use for generations to come. You can pass down those and keep them inside the family also if you are so inclined uh you can contact the butt he can also talk to you about cheese trays cheese platters cutting boards uh i'm sure he does circumcision boards as well if you're looking to do that not really sure that might be your thing mm. um if there's anything else that you're interested in doing what about fillet tables like if you're a fisherman or what about do they have tables if you go deer hunting uh, that you can like like chopping boards to chop up animals or whatever like that well, I just use a stainless steel butcher's table butcher's table okay does everyone have something like that if they're hunters mm, that's what me and my buddies a lot of hunters take it to a butcher and get it done me and my buddies we do it ourselves nice because you're manly men yeah I guess so that's right you try and take care of yourself if you can do it yourself let pay somebody to do it do it yourself exactly absolutely I agree 100% with that but definitely contact the butt. Um, hit him up on Facebook. Hit him up on Twitter if you'd like to have something commissioned or you have an idea for a wood project and you're like, man, I don't think I can do this. Uh, I'd love to go ahead and talk to somebody who has the abilities, the skills, and the experience. Reach out to the butt as well, and he can make that uh, happen, and he can probably get you a quote if it's something that he can do. <sighs> with that being said, it's been a long show, but thanks for hanging in there with us. I'm not sure if you've paused us a few times and thought, holy shit, they're still going. 
Yeah, that's right, kids. We can really talk. Um, for the butt, I am Mike Freeland for my executive producer, The Rit, who we love very, very much. This has been the Front Row Material Brand and Front Row Material Brand. I kind of slurred that. It is so fucking late and I'm tired. This is the Front Row Material Brand. My name is Mike Freeland. Again, if you haven't realized that already, and I will catch you next week. Talk to you later. My name is Mike Freeland, and if you're looking for an exciting wrestling podcast to add to your library, then look no further than the Front Row Material Brand. Don't miss it. It's the Front Row Material Brand brought to you by the MLW Radio Network.